0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen, Uh, my apologies we're running five minutes late, we had a little bit of a delayed morning Uh, and my apologies for anybody that was waiting on any of the sites this morning Uh, they forgot to order the bus so the whole committee ran a little bit late so uh, please bear with us Um, Before we start just a few housekeeping issues, Um, please everybody ensure their mobile phones are turned off now no mobile phones I will remove you if it goes off. Um, There's no fire alarms planned, so if a fire alarm goes off, please meet on the grass at the front of the building and the officers will escort you. (coughs) Apologies for absence. Uh, We have uh, no Councillor Lodge today, no Councillor Freeman and no Councillor Chambers. So uh, deputies are standing in. Uh, Councillor Lemon. Yeah, I have a, a declaration of interest. Get to that in just a second, if okay. that's OK. Um, yeah, uh, Councillor Conte, um, Councillor Gerard, and Councillor Farthing are sitting in as the deputies. Um, declarations of interest. Councillor Lemon.
1: Yeah, I'm a district councillor in Hatfield Heath and chairman of the parish council of Hatfield Heath and that is item five. OK, thank you very much.
0: Councillor Fairhurst, just south from Walden town Council okay, noted councillor Gerrard. Newport Parish Councillor for item nine okay, thank you very much. those are duly noted councillor Lemon
1: i 'm not sure whether i 'm right in saying this, but um, councillor Farthing um, called this called uh, item five in um, because of the uh, it could be a loss of um, affordable homes for rent. Uh, he is uh, um, part owner, I believe, of Airport Lessons. Should he not declare an interest? Um, I'm aware of the link, but I don't think there's any fiduciary
0: interest to be gained from that. So I'm, I'm quite happy just to have it noted and uh, we'll take it as a, as a notice given to us.
2: Uh, Henham Parish Council.
0: Sorry? Henham Parish Council. Henham Parish Council. Okay. Everybody? Yeah? All right? Okay. Um, Minutes of the previous meeting, can I sign those as a true record? Thank you, Councillor Fairhurst. Please note that. And with that, we'll move on to the first item UTT 181256, land to the west of Storkwood Road in Clavering and Maria Shue-Smith to take the chair. Maria, when you're ready. MR. Ah, Mr. Chairman, this um, attachment of conditions,
3: yep. I have raised it with you before on yep. a number of occasions, and this is not going to work for me. We are supposed to do our homework. We are supposed to prepare ourselves in advance of this meeting, and we are supposed to look at all the issues that are us. I will not read these, these conditions now. They've arrived at this late stage, and I think it shows re- disrespect for this committee and the process of homework that we're supposed to be
0: doing. So I object to this strongly. Okay, uh, I agree with you, all right? I think we all agree with you. Um, the only thing I know the officers will say is it's a moving feast and sometimes things are put together at the last minute. That doesn't make it right. So your point is noted. And, uh, Would you
4: like me to just say something on that?
0: Mr. Brown will now make yes. a
4: statement. I think I totally, and I apologise as well, but I think we have a duty. The the one, one thing that really more concerns me more than anything, and this is not the, Maria's or my fault to be honest, is the fact that the report in front of you has incorrect conditions on, and it would have been very foolish of us to continue with this matter with those incorrect conditions. So the, the matter had to be corrected. That's, but still apologies are noted. Mr. Chairman. I agree with all that's been said. This is therefore
3: inadmissible, and I won't be looking at it when I make my decision. We simply have to draw a line somewhere. If we raise some issues at this stage, they would be inadmissible for exactly the same reasons. I don't know what the substance of this is or the matter of this. If it's something critical to the process, I don't know because I haven't read it, and I haven't had time to consider it against the evidence. You can't introduce evidence when you feel like it. I understand I understand how this comes about. I completely understand that. But we have to be fairly rigorous about the evidence that we admit into this procedure. So
0: I will not be looking at it in any way at all. Uh, Okay, point noted. Um, I'll take this offline with Mr. Brown separately because uh, it's not the first time. Okay. Maria, when you're ready.
5: Thank you, Chairman. The application site before us is um, located on west of Stortford Road um, in the village of Clavering. And the site is located here um, with the property properties which is fronting on um, Stortford Road. In terms of where the site sits, there is the Clavering Primary School which is uh, located adjacent to the site and we have the village um, local um, supermarket which is located here. There is a public footpath which runs along the west side of the boundary um, along the application site here. To the west of the site are far, is farm fields and uh, the properties that are fronting onto Pelham Road and Stortford Road. In terms of the um, application, it's an application for outline permission for the demolition of poppies and the erection of up to 31 dwellings with all matters reserved except for the creation of access from Stortford Road, which is here. Uh, There will be, as part of the application, uh, 12 affordable dwellings and five bungalows which have been um, illustrated on the um, plan here, which are proposed to be uh, located on the most sensitive um, part of the site to to the north here. Again, as stated, this is an illustration of what the scheme could look like um, should uh, outline be granted. As part of the application, it's proposed that 38 parking spaces uh, for visitors to the school is provided. It's illustrated on the plan that um, 17 will be located along the access road, uh, together with a 2 metre wide footpath, which would um, link up to Stortford Road. As you can see on the plan here, there are pinch points which provide tra- traffic calming measures uh, along the access road as well. There is an additional 21 parking spaces which are located um, here, which will form an in-out circulation system for drop-off and parking. Also as part of the application, it's proposed that uh, a sports pitch um, playing field is provided for the primary school um, located here. Also, as part of the scheme, um, the public footpath would would remain in situ, together with a landscaping buffer um, and area of local play, which is located here. The boundaries of the site are the adjacent um, neighbouring property gardens, uh, which is located uh, to the south here. This is an example of what the area of local play in the nature walk could look like. Um, Let's say it's a buffer zone uh, along the western part of the application site. And this is an example of what the dwellings could look like. The consultation responses are highlighted within the report on pages 15 to 22. It should be noted that highways have raised no objections subject to conditions. Um, This isn't specifically indicated within the report. Together, SUDs have also withdrawn um, their holding objection uh, as a result of additional information that was submitted as part of um, the course of the application. Also, Arkston Parish Council have raised an objection to the development regarding the impact on school places, highway safety and traffic generation. This is also unfortunately not indicated within the consultation responses. In consideration of the site's location, um, policy that's been considered, lack of five-year land supply, housing land supply, the scheme is considered to be uh, sustainable um, and therefore is acceptable in principle. In terms of the design, whilst it's an outline application, the plans are illustrative um, and indicate how the scheme could be capable of meeting um, minimum um, guidance, um, which has been set out by the Essex Design Guide in terms of garden sizes, back-to-back distances. The um, state the bungalows are located on the most sensitive boundary, and the proposed dwellings overall are on the lowest ground level, as ground levels uh, fall away, and this is the highest point, and they fall towards Stortford Road. Minimal impact um, is considered in terms of residential and visual amenity um, and this is subject to um, conditions. Environmental health have suggested conditions to deal with vehicle movement and associated noise which would result from the new access between um, the existing properties Tamar and the old garage house. Um, The site is also capable of um, meeting parking standards and the access is uh, capable of providing sufficient visibility displays. There are no ecology objections or education objections subject to conditions uh, which I'll go through shortly. The development uh, overall therefore is considered acceptable subject to a section 106 agreement and conditions highlighted um, which have been um, recirculated. Subject to amendments to the heads of terms um, in the report to include education contribution, traffic regulation order, which has been taken out of the conditions, and the residential travel plan, which has also been taken out of the conditions. This needs to be formed part of the legal agreement. Apologies with regards to the circulated conditions. Unfortunately, there have been errors which have been picked up within the report and had to be corrected uh, to provide a true uh, summary of what uh, the consultees have stated and in order to make the conditions um, tight and compliant in terms of um, planning regulations to meet the tests. Fundamentally, um, an amendment to condition two, um, which um, the timescale for the uh, submission of reserve matters, this should be three years, not two years, Uh, this is a standard condition. Conditions 6 and 7 and 8 have been omitted. Um, These are. Um, condition 6 has been updated in terms of the um, building regulations part M, which features in full in condition 9. Um, also, um, there has been duplicate conditions, uh, conditions 7 and 8, which have been omitted as well. Condition 10, in terms of construction management plan, this has been updated to reflect both highway requirements and environmental health officer requirements to make sure that um, all details are submitted to mitigate the impacts during the construction of the scheme should it be granted. Um, Condition 11 is a reflection of the wording which highways have used in terms of the vehicular access in terms of the um, visibility displays which are required. Condition 14, 15 and 16 and 17 have been omitted. 18 has been updated to reflect the consultation from Ecology Conditions 19 and 20 and 21 are additional conditions which were sought by both highways and environmental health in terms of parking standards need to be in accordance with parking standards. Also details of lighting uh, to be submitted for approval and the details of noise mitigation to be provided in order to protect the neighbouring occupiers um, along the vehicular access, uh, therefore approval is uh, recommended subject to those amendments. Thank you, Chairman.
0: Uh, thank you, Mrs Shoesmith. Um, I'm not going to labour this point, but uh, the introduction of conditions like this in this way at this stage is just not acceptable. And. Uh, I think what we'll do is, as I said, we'll take this offline, but I think we're going to try and draw a 24-hour deadline or something before meetings and say if it isn't there then, then we're not going to run with it. I I know that means the application therefore gets put back a month and everything else, and I'm aware that this application has been bouncing around for a long time anyway. So I understand you're keen to get the thing through and to get it heard, but we just need to tighten this up it's there's too many changes to actually okay Um, we have uh, six speakers on this item so I'd like to start with uh, Jane Woodhouse who I think is going to speak on behalf of Councillor Oliver so you have five minutes Mrs Woodhouse
6: The development fails the three overarching objectives of the revised National Planning Policy Framework and conflicts with the local planning policy requirements. First, the development fails the NPPF's economic objectives of sustainability because it does not utilise land of the right type in the right place and at the right time. This is not land of the right type. It has for decades been successfully farmed Developing it for housing neither recognises the intrinsic worth of the countryside nor enhances the countryside contrary to Local Plan Policy S7. It is also not in the right place, being outside the village boundaries both in the 2005 Local Plan and in the emerging Local Plan. Neither has it been put forward at the right time, the proposal for 12 affordable housing units far exceeds the three units identified by the Parish Council's RCCE housing needs survey in 2017. This factor and the absence of any special reasons why the development needs to be there also fails the requirements of policy S7. Secondly, the development does not meet the NPPF's social objective limb of sustainability because it fails to foster a well-designed and safe environment. It promotes a potentially dangerous and unworkable school car parking arrangement that is unnecessary because previous parking issues have largely been resolved by additional highways measures recently introduced by county. Also, the estate access roads close proximity to existing driveways and its use by school, vehicular and pedestrian traffic does not promote a safe environment. And if parked cars move onto the new estate parking areas, this will only encourage higher traffic speeds along Stortford Road, which, members may note, is an unclassified road and not, as the applicant maintains, a classified B road. Because of this, the development also fails the requirements of policy GEN1 by impacting on the surrounding transport network and compromising road safety. Finally, flooding of Stortford Road properties due to the access road's long and straight incline will be almost inevitable at times of heavy rainfall, which conflicts with policy GEN2 by failing to minimise the impact on neighbouring properties. Thirdly, the development fails the NPPF's environmental objective limb of sustainability because it does not contribute to protecting and enhancing the environment. In the first place... It fails to protect and enhance the natural environment by impacting negatively on badgers that forage in the adjoining wildlife area at Breeze Mount. This protected species would lose that foraging pattern forever. In this way, it also fails the requirements of policy GEN 7 because of its harmful effect on wildlife. Secondly, the development fails to protect the built environment by urbanising a rural village. It superimposes estate-type housing on a nine-acre backland site, clashing with Stortford Road and Pelham Road's linear pattern and creating a large block of housing with an urban feel. Existing housing schemes are smaller, all on the east side of the road, yet still retain a rural feel. Allow urban creep on the other side of the road, it will destroy this. Accordingly, The development fails to meet both the NPPF requirements and those of policy GEN2 as to compatibility with surrounding buildings and the material adverse effect on the reasonable occupation and enjoyment of residential property. Also, ignoring the village's historic linear and organic growth pattern by creating a large and continuous housing block with existing properties on Stortford Road and Pelham Road will have a negative effect on the conservation area close by. Accordingly, the development fails to protect and enhance the historic environment. It also fails to satisfy the requirements of policy ENV1, as this housing block will neither preserve nor enhance the character and appearance of the conservation area. On the contrary, it will provide a stark urban contrast. In summary... The development's adverse impacts will significantly and demonstrably outweigh the benefits when assessed against the policies of the NPPF when taken as a whole and, accordingly, the application should be refused.
0: Uh, Thank you, Mrs Woodhouse. Uh, Mr Frank Woods?
7: Mr Woods, you have three minutes. Thank you very much Chairman. Okay, the officer's report fails to address some of the serious issues against this development that go to the heart of the planning balance. It also contains numerous errors, omissions and other shortcomings which we have already heard about today at very short notice which should be unacceptable to this committee. There is no mention, for instance, of the weight of written objections. There are 150 against, only two in favour and parts of the Parish council submission have been omitted from the report. The draft local plan is described as still at an early stage yet it is now in front of inspectors with inquiry dates fixed. Because of this it carries more weight than has been ascribed to it. And how can the social social role of sustainability be achieved when all the design matters that you've seen can be changed at the detailed design stage? It's meaningless. Planning conditions 2 and 7 are inconsistent, as you know. One says development should be started in two years, the other says three. The conditions fail to incorporate recommendations on external lighting and protection of existing properties from noise from the access road. Uh, Condition 10 omits significant items about construction management from the list of recommendations. Condition 11 wrongly requires a three metre wide access road, but Essex Highways requires at least 5.5 metres. Condition 18 seems to have been copied from another report. It refers to the wrong ecology report. And a final example, there's no reference to educational contributions in either the planning conditions or the Section 106 agreement conditions. Even more seriously than these failings, granting this application would be against the Council's own 2018 sustainability appraisal. This marked the proposed development as rejected, due to the detrimental impact of the long-access road on surrounding properties plus concerns over potential highways issues, so approval here would be a complete U-turn. Secondly, the report condenses over 150 letters of objection, some of them lengthy, into just 13 short bullets and it fails to mention the ideas of backland development, access road design, school car parking and school safeguarding and security. This gives very little confidence that objections have been properly weighed in the planning balance. Thirdly, the report fails to mention the Guildford Borough Council case regarding poor precedent. If this application is granted, the Council could not ignore it when considering further applications on other farmland to the west of Stalford Road. This creeping urbanisation would irreversibly change the rural character of this part of the village. Fourthly, there is no submitted evidence that the SUDS requirements can or have been met, thus emphasising the water runoff risk down the long straight access road and flooding of properties opposite. And finally, if the Pelham Road access was originally unacceptable due to disturbance, is not the Storkford Road access even more unacceptable? It actually touches the wall of an existing house, as you saw on your visits this morning. This report is not adequate for the purpose of members arriving at a properly balanced decision, and we would ask that the application be refused. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Mr Woods. Uh, Mrs Melody Carter.
0: Councillor Fairhurst. Sorry, point of order, Mr Chairman. They raise
3: issues about errors in in the report. Is there somewhere you can just record those and then answer them at some stage, just to make sure we are not left in the dark about these issues. I
0: think we'll let the debate go to the decision and okay. then we'll have a look at that Thank you. afterwards. Thank I have made my point with Thank this you. and uh, I think we're all aware of it. Thank you. Uh, Mrs. Carter you have three minutes when you're ready.
8: Thank you. I wish to state that my family have been friends with the principal landowner behind this application for many years. While I respect their right to pursue their development aspirations I hope they will respect my right to oppose them, since they will adversely affect my home and the homes of other friends and neighbours. In particular, Clavering residents have had major concerns about flooding down the 200 metre straight incline of the proposed access road, the potential for which has already been admitted on page 13 of the applicant's flood risk assessment. The officer's report makes no no mention of this. Again, I really cannot see how the new car parking arrangements and drop-off arrangements will work in a safe manner. The report appears to assume that it will work, but without really addressing how it might work. And there seems little sense in granting planning permission for something that could end up being unworkable and dangerous. Furthermore, the Ecology Report concludes that the absence of badger evidence means the development can proceed without infringing the 1992 Badger Act. And yet residents who have lived there for over 20 years and whose gardens back onto the site have supplied photographic evidence of badgers in the wildlife areas of their gardens. I can show you where those badger sets are. The badgers regularly use that area for foraging and access it from the development site. Why has this not been picked up in the officer's report? In June and August 2018, Essex County Council archaeological advice was given that a field evaluation be conducted prior to any planning decision. I cannot find any such report in the published documents. Likewise, I can find no resolution to the questions raised by Thames Water Authority regarding the foul and surface water drainage. If these reports are not available, how can the committee make an informed decision? These emissions must surely be relevant to that decision. Finally, and much like the development on the site opposite the village shop that members refused last month, This is another example of the creeping urbanisation of an opportunist developer taking advantage of the absence of a new local plan. I ask the question, do Ustlesford District Council planning officers have so little regard and confidence in the draft report submitted to the Inspectorate that they now feel able to recommend this development despite the fact that Clavering is a Class A village and was stated not to have any further development other than that which had already been arranged. Granting this application will blight the essentially rural character of Clavering as it has done on the eastern side of the Stortford Road For these, and for all the very many other reasons, in the 148 objection letters, which are not mentioned in the report, I ask that this
0: application be refused. Uh, Thank you, Mrs Carter. Uh, Mr Swells?
9: Thank you we also have three minutes, well. Yes, uh, my comment is a single comment, and hopefully very simple uh, to understand. I'm going to just quote from the Adultford website, um, and it's about the local plan. And a definition of local plan, according to your website, is a local plan is a district-wide plan which identifies the vision and aspirations for the future of the area, planning policies and allocations identifying the sites and areas which can be developed and those which should be protected. Now, this document, which is under frequently asked asked questions, is very comprehensive and if you just take the trouble to read it, you will see it goes into quite a lot of detail. I am aware that this is a draft local plan. It has been in the making for a number of years, I am not sure exactly how many but I would uh, also aware that many thousands, if not tens of thousands of man hours have been spent in developing this plan and uh, invariably, or inevitably it probably running, if you had to cost that out, probably in the millions. I, I really fail to understand why we would fly in the face of a recommendation of this plan which is about to be approved or hopefully will be approved. Um, if you <coughs> Sorry, I just lost my train of thought for a minute. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, sorry, the, the plan is very specific in terms of housing development and particularly in Clavering, the housing development sites have been clearly identified. Um, um, this particular site is not even mentioned in the Clavering website, uh, uh, sorry, the Clavering section. And as such, and by implication, it's, I would assume it's been excluded Why would you now go in the face of this local plan that's been developed by everybody and consulted on and actually go against it? I really fail to understand it. It creates a very dangerous precedent because now anybody can just do whatever they like. Thank you. Uh,
0: Thank you, Mr. Swells. Stephanie Gill from the Parish Council. Stephanie, you have three minutes.
10: Yeah, I might go slightly over, because firstly, may I thank the planning department for not summarising the PC objections to this access, which is under consideration, in four lines as it used to do. You, as a planning committee, I understand, are now being asked in this report to make a decision on the tilt of the harm that this development causes and the benefits it brings under the MPPF. However, as the planning department has managed to truncate our objections under the MPPF, may I make you aware that missing from this report is that the development does not introduce new long-term job opportunities, the village has no requirement of an introduced workforce as it does not have unfulfilled jobs, There is no statement of funds available to maintain offered land and car park facilities. And four, that was a long paragraph that this is backland development and the magnitude of the disturbance to existing properties. Well, that's just been lost off your report. The report states that this development is economically sustainable as it will provide for small start-up businesses aware. There are no small business units or work from home properties details. There is a statement that the shown infrastructure will increase the potential for uses of alternative means of transport to areas of employment and so reduce the need for car travel. How? What alternative means? Clavering only has school buses, I said this last month to you, that they don't even go to Audley End nor the Newport stations. Yes, there is a demand transport bus which is in danger of withdrawal by Essex County Council in the next two years as it is not economically viable. How is health, social, cultural well-being addressed by this development? There's no provision for health services. It relies on existing doctors and dentists, three and seven miles hence. All social and cultural activities already exist in Clavering. There is nothing, nothing being introduced. The RCC Affordable Health Survey of 2017 showed that the already approved housing yet to be built was more than sufficient for this village. The parish, of course, welcomes those from outside its boundaries. But we have noticed a very sad turnover of tenants in such houses built less than four years ago at Eldridge Close in Clavering. In these affordable houses, two cars are needed by the families here. There are no buses, there's no trains. They can't go to work or even village visit relatives. One-car families are isolated. What health well-being is being offered to them? And actually, I learnt today that in our village, and this is why I'm going to go over three minutes, because in our village... Someone has been moved into the affordable housing at Eldridge Close. A single mother. She has no car, nothing. How does she get out of our village? Unless other people help her. Sorry about that, because I only learnt about that today. Sorry. Right, so since the 7th of August last year, the applicant has been able to address the requirement of surface water suds documentation. I've obviously just learned it turned up yesterday, maybe. There's still no foul water draining strategy. This access road that you're looking at is dangerous. The children currently get to school on wide pavements with large grass verges, not alongside chicanes. The parents of school children see the parking set up and the access road as not a safe option. No one wrote in favour of it. In the draft local plan, this backland site was considered unsuitable. Popped up again in the recent late uh, revision, again was discounted as it is still not sustainable, as it is detrimental to the well being of the already existing neighbours, which includes not just a primary school, because on that site there is a daycare nursery school and also a preschool, which those of you visiting might not have noticed because the schools behind the hedge, which is going to be the nursery schools behind the hedge, which is going to be removed. 150 parishioners in Clavering, aged from 24 to over 94 years of age, wrote in letters with valid planning objections on this site. Clavering is a rural village. It has not been demonstrated for NPPF requirements that this urban backland development, reached by an access which squeezes between two existing dwellings, and which conservatively, on a school day, if all this goes ahead, will carry 272 additional car movements to those that go over the driveway today, that this will bring benefits to Clavering, which outweigh the many, many harms it is going to cause. Thank you very much.
1: Um,
11: um, Bill Bampton from Pelham Structures Limited. Um, You could easily assume from the comments just made and the hands-off clavering sign um, that various of you would have seen this morning that there's widespread local opposition to this scheme. Sorry, that there's widespread local opposition to this scheme. Before we submitted the application, we held a series of three exhibitions. We invited, um, with a letter drop, every resident in Clavering. Most of them attended, and of the ones that attended, the com- comments were overwhelmingly positive. We, in- we, we invited... Let-
0: Hang on, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. really... Can we stick to the facts? Just let Mr Bampton have his speak, all right? right. Have his say... And then we'll debate it. Right. But it's really not yeah. for everybody to cheer and clap and whatever. All right? Mr Bampton when you're ready.
11: Right. We invited everyone that attended to leave written comments, many of which did. Of the written comments, they are roughly two to favour, two to one in favour of the application, and we have made all of those comments available to your officers. That's fact. One of the people that attended the exhibition was our district councillor, Edward Oliver. After attending the exhibition, he basically said to myself and my colleague that this is one I think I should stay neutral on, to quote him. Shortly after, he sent a letter round to every household in the village, which I don't think it would be extreme to call it propaganda. And I'll read a few excerpts from it. It, it says this could be the most harmful development proposed in the history of Clavering, as it has the potential to open the doors to further phases of up to 500 houses in total. He also enclosed a sample letter, which if you look at the letters of objection, you'll see remarkably similar, remarkable similarities with most of them. They were all written by the district councillor or encouraged by the district councillor. So what you're seeing doesn't truly reflect the opinion within the village. There were also various posts on the Hands Off Clavering Facebook page which were, on the whole, totally inaccurate, misleading and inflammatory. Um, before I go on with what I plan to, to um, um Say, I just wanted to mention the um, parish council chair mentioned the the amount of additional traffic, I think it was 260 odd or something. And that's not additional traffic, most of that is school traffic, which is there already, it's simply moving it. 31 houses with 30 net gain is not going to produce that much traffic and very very little that conflicts with school time most people would have gone to work before that and come home afterwards so the road is almost entirely going to handle school traffic predominantly on its own and remove nearly all the congestion and uh, I'd call it the chaotic situation that occurs at the moment. The parish council have been looking for a cure for this for years. They now claim it's cured, and it was cured purely by me making a planning application. Um, At at pick-up and drop-off time, particularly drop-off in the morning, trying to get through that road and the conflict, through um, Storford Road, the conflict with lorries, traffic in, in the summer, farm traffic, it, it's dangerous and we believe that we've addressed all that risk, um, which highways, uh, um, we've liaised very, very closely with highways and they concur with that. Um, leading on to the site, the site is enclosed on three sides by housing and woodland. The housing that abuts the two sides, they have long gardens and they're generally very well screened. Um, Most of Uttlesford farmland is Grade 2. This is Grade 3, which for Uttlesford is the the lower order of land. Um, It's also adjacent to the primary school, which is immediately downwind of the site, which seriously limits when the farmer can spray, because he's considerate and won't want to cover the children in chemicals. Um, The development will make much greater separation um, from the school of the 31 houses 40 percent are affordable and i totally accept that the survey that has been done recently shows a need for a much lower number than that but the need that's there has been satisfied at the moment that need will go on indefinitely and contrary to what was said earlier there isn't a particularly high turnover from the low-cost housing most of them have been there since they were built. So that need will continue but also there's a massive district-wide need and the 40% is Uttlesford's policy which um, we've designed in. There's also, with the scheme, there's 38 dedicated pick-up, drop-off and parking spaces and they are for the benefit of the school. It's been designed with safety in mind, it's We've liaised with Essex Highways, and we've had two safety audits done on it, all of which demonstrate there's a massive improvement with safety. Um, With other benefits for the school, the extra land that's being gifted to the school will give them um, additional facilities now, but I believe that the reason that Essex education are very keen to have it is it future proofs the school should it ever need to go to a two-class entry because at the moment there isn't sufficient land to satisfy the requirements for that but with it there would be so as i say it is future proofing the school smaller schools are constantly found to be less viable the trend is to go for larger ones there's also a significant area of parkland to the open boundary to the west of the site that's intended to be um, available to the public Um, parkland trees screening um, play area um, outdoor sensory classroom if the school or the brownies or the guides wish for it Um, and it also softens Um, the only boundary where the houses are really visible from. Um, We proposed um, five bungalows um, to the rear of Pelham Road to try and be as sympathetic as we can to the existing owners in the houses there, albeit the back-to-back distances are significantly um, in excess of your own requirements. Um, In policy terms, you're no doubt all very aware that the the NPPF takes a proactive view to supplying houses, not a restrictive one, Um, and the presumption is in favour of sustainable development, which I believe this is sustainable, I'll explain more later. Um, You'll also be acutely aware that with the latest figures that you're planners have published that you now only have 3.29 years' supply of housing, which puts you in a position where you don't have anywhere near the control that you would like to have. But it also puts you in a position where 3.29 could very, very soon become only three. If it becomes less than three, you'll have very limited control on the um, neighbourhoods that have gone to all the effort and time of preparing a neighbourhood plan because they will be susceptible to five-year arguments as well. And just in order to stand still, you need to grant at least 60 houses a month. But you actually have an overall shortfall of 1,300 before you reach five-year supply. So there is a massive undersupply of housing, I suspect most of the councillors here and definitely nearly all the people behind us would prefer that Uttlesford didn't need them, or if they do need them, they're not built near them. But that need apparently exists, and you you have an obligation to satisfy it. Um, Also, in the emerging plan, because it's very heavily dependent on three new settlements, and it almost certainly won't be delivered for at least five years if it's approved. Um, there are practically no sites allocated for my size of builder. You know, sites from 10 to 50 houses. I believe there is only one site in the district, and I think you turned that down three months ago, that fits that criteria. So, you know, what are small builders, medium builders, where are they meant to build in Uttlesford? There isn't anywhere. So in effect, we are attempting to do what the MPPF says we have to do in the most sympathetic way possible. Um, Regarding the call for sites, um, what was said earlier was absolutely correct. In the earlier call for sites, this site was found to be unsustainable, or unsuitable rather, because the access was in a place that wasn't considered satisfactory. With the access that we've procured through the um, arrangement with poppies, we're totally sure that overcomes that. In the revised, more recent call for sites, it was deemed unsustainable, but I would argue that it didn't just become unsustainable overnight. It was policy changed that you intended to go for the three major settlements, and I think it was a huge error to take out, to to claim that nearly all of the sites near villages were unsustainable. I believe it should have been that they were not your preferred option. You can't change them technically from being sustainable one day to not being sustainable the next. And I believe the site with the new access is totally sustainable. I mentioned earlier that the MPPF has a strong presumption in favour of sustainable development and I'll read a short extract from it that you've probably had quoted a hundred times before. For decision taking this means where there are no relevant development plan policies or the policies which are most important for determining the application are out of date granting permission unless one of the two following applies. The first one, the application of policies in this framework that protects areas of assets of particular importance provide a clear reason for refusing the development proposed. There's a a set list of those and none of them apply in this case. The second point, any adverse impact of doing so would significantly, and I labour that point, and demonstrably outweigh the benefits when assessed against the policies in the framework taken as a whole. Um, For reasons that I'll come on to, I believe the adverse impacts of this scheme are very, very small, and the benefits are considerable, so I believe it totally fits the MPPF. If you forgive me, the next bit, I'm afraid, is going to sound a little bit like a cross between an advert for Pelham Structures and um, the election campaign for the Green Party. Um, basically, um, I'll shortly be referring to the three strands of sustainable development, but first I will outline Pelham Structures' philosophy, following which I would like to ask you to consider just how close Pelham Structures' philosophy and the ejections. Um, of achieving sustainable development are that are outlined in the MPPF. Um, We have an option on the land and the bungalow and it will be us that will be developing it if planning is granted. We're a local business, we're based approximately two miles from this site so it couldn't really be much closer. Um, I believe we're the only timber frame manufacturer in Uggartsford. We use practically all um, sustainable, renewable timber in what we do. We're shortly going to embark on improving our, our factory facilities in order that we can manufacture bigger panels, insert windows and doors and move our product towards very, very close to Passive House. We're already building most of our houses and, in fact, all from now onwards to EPC Rating A. And I would very, very much welcome if the committee is mindful to approve a condition um, restricting it to Energy Performance A, um, which I believe you're now allowed to do, which you weren't before the recent MPPF. Um, One of the points that I'd like to mention with Energy Performance A as well is that the difference between the energy performance that most of the mass market people are are achieving, which is basically building regs, and A, um, saves nearly two tonnes of CO2 a year. Now, two tonnes saving of CO2 is enough to power an electric vehicle uh, close to 20,000 miles and a small petrol or diesel about seven. So if there was any perceived um, detriment to carbon journeys, the increased energy um, standard offsets it several fold over. Um, And I'd also point out that as a nation, we use over 40% of our energy heating buildings, um, which is practically unnecessary if you build to the standard that we are building to and the even higher standard that we intend to build to. Now we also, um, we feed about 50 families. They're nearly all local, so anything commercially that you bet this scheme benefits from will go back predominantly into the local community. We're not um, coming in from outside pillaging the place. This is our community, it's where we work and we take an absolute pride in what we do and producing outstanding buildings. but we also want to save the planet as well. The um, scientific community are now saying that... Um,
0: can, I, can I move you from... Yeah, sorry. I, I understand yeah, where it, you're going. Yeah, that, that we so may I, we I, may I, well I have only... That your product is yeah, superb. Yeah, and so we may Can well I only, move it on?
11: Yeah, we may well only have 12 years before global warming's irreversible, and my view is we all have to do something about it. Um, the three points of, of sustainable development... An economic objection, a social objective, an environmental objective. Um, The economic objective says basically by ensuring that sufficient land of the right type is available in the right place and at the right time to support growth, innovation and improve productivity. All of that is what we are trying to achieve. Um, Social objective, Um, Clavering is a fantastic community, it's got all sorts of societies, um, um, it's got obviously the, the junior school, preschool. It's got the biggest shop um, anywhere other than in um, Great Dunmow and Saffron Walden. It, it is a highly sustainable location, and that's been upheld in four different appeals over the last two years. Um, where there is any harm, I think we've gone to great lengths to mitigate it. We've put bungalows where that it could affect the outlet from houses. Um, the access road is going to be um, dug in to provide the right gradient but also make it so that the neighbouring gardens can't see the houses going up and down, the cars going up and down rather, and we volunteered acoustic fencing. And um, the environmental health people who've asked for a condition, they've only asked for the condition that we asked them to put on. Basically, it was didn't come from them. Um, Biodiversity, we've got um, over a kilometre of hedges, we're proposing trees, parkland, a balancing pond and ponds. So there's gonna be a huge improvement there. Um, With the statutory consultees, there's been no objection or objection satisfied from all the um, statutory consultees. Um, Suds, we did a huge amount of detail work for them to demonstrate that there won't be any runoff from the site Caused by the road and the general runoff will be less than bare field rates, and that's been accepted. And we're quite good at doing it. Um, the archae- archaeology um, pre-start that was suggested, the survey that has been done.
0: Um, Can I wind you up now? Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ban for staying fairly close to the 17 minutes. (coughs) Okay, um, that's all the speakers for this. I'm going to hand it over to the committee. I'm going to start with Councillor Lachlan and followed by Councillor Gerard. Thank you.
12: Thank you. Um, Well, I have seen Mr Bampton's houses and there's no doubt they are nice. Uh, And I will take umbrage with you about the local plan because it was assessed in 2015 and then again in 2018. Uh, And also I do get very tired of people telling us that we don't have a five-year land supply. I know we don't, uh, but that doesn't mean to say we have to take every development that comes along. Uh, And we keep hearing this argument and it it does tend to get very irritating. Um, Rarely have I seen an application where policy S7 is breached so badly as this one. It encroaches into the countryside. I feel sorry for um, Maria because she didn't actually start this report, so she has had to come in, and I actually don't think it's a very good report. But uh, I will also quote the MPPF because Chapter 15... Uh, 170B says recognising the intrinsic character and beauty of the countryside and the wider benefits from natural capital and ecosystems including the economic and other benefits of the best and most versatile agricultural land and I do realise it's grade 3 and of trees and woodlands this was a beautiful site it was beautiful countryside and it had beautiful countryside beyond Uh, I do recognise that the the developer um, was going to give the school certain benefits, but lots of developers do that because they think it's going to help. And I'm not saying this is you, but they do actually think that it will help them get their application passed. It's a kind of a sweetener, if you like, and I'm sure the uh, school would have been thrilled to get that. But um, um, I will not vote for this. In all conscience I can't vote for this. I think it would entirely spoil the village of Clavering. Uh, I think it would put extra traffic onto the roads by the school. Uh, And I know perhaps there may be some safety issues. But also, I I know I did bring this up before, but I uh, the highways consultation is missing from the report. I actually did look it up online so I see it and I know what it says. But um, for all the people here... They haven't seen it, Um, so I'm not sure if that uh, bears any weight, but uh, we are expected to pass this, and we haven't even got a report uh, on the high-mage consultation, which is pretty poor but anyway so that that is my state on it it's against the MPPF, it's against policy N7 and I would also suggest Gen 5 which is lighting because we may have a, a very good lighting scheme but that is not a lit site at the moment and it will light pollute the area and that's all I have to say on the matter I will be refusing this Councillor Gerrard
13: thank you Chairman um I wholeheartedly agree with everything that Councillor Loughlin just said and I have to say that it's hard to know where where to start on my long list of things that I don't agree with on this application. Um, I'd like to start really by just actually possibly just helping Mr. Wells um, ask the question about he doesn't understand why we are where we are (laughs) we don't have a five-year land supply, so the local plan,
0: actually, which we currently have, is out of date. Councillor Gerard, could you just speak closer to the mic? Apologies. Apologies. Apologies.
13: We actually do have to... The NPPF says that we have to look at the tilted balance, the positives versus the negatives. However, we also have policies here that are relevant to us in our local plan, and we have to discuss those, those weightings. Now, S7 is clearly a big issue here. We have a a recent site in Newport, uh, countryside properties, 150 houses, a very similar situation here. This committee um, um, rejected that application um, and it is now at appeal. Um, We have, therefore, that issue before us and it is consistent, contrary to S7. Just a point to mention to my fellow councillors is that um, you need to know that My uh, ward of Newport is just down the road here. Now, we have a situation that clavering might well have if these types of applications are approved. We currently have doubled in size since 2011. We currently have 400 houses approved yet to be built. We have a further 230 at appeal possibly adding. Now, all of that will have an impact on clavering. Our schools are already nearly full and we've been told by Essex um, Education that Clavering is the nearest school. So, there is an issue here in terms of added school places, added traffic, added parents coming to and from the school. Um, In addition, the Newport Post Office is about to close and the nearest post office to Newport is Clavering. So, there there is a traffic issue here. Clavering is going to get a considerable amount of traffic from Newport. There is no way to look at it, it will. Um, so I know that there is some scope to expand the school. I am very concerned about all matters regarding child safety and school safety, particularly where there is an adjoining development and we have two in Newport. So I wish actually to cut to the chase here and I wish to actually propose um, that we reject this application. The ground will be S7. I believe that Gen 1 also comes into play, and I believe that Gen 2 and Gen 5 is also there. So, yeah, it's, I mean, there's, there, there are so many things wrong with this. I don't want to carry on too much, but it really, really is very poor. But I do want to thank. Uh, the the fact that Newport and Clavering share a community that feels very, very passionately about where they live, and I think that's really important. People come out and speak passionately, and I don't blame um, our officer, Maria Shoesmith, taking on this. The report is a bad report. I'm sorry, it is. We have no mention of Essex Highways' comments. We have so many gaps, errors and emissions here, even if, but even without those gaps, it's a poor application and I propose we reject it.
0: <clears throat> as is my usual manner, I'll park that for the moment and I'll ask for a second or in a little while, but I'd like everybody to speak first. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. I'm not going to belabor the point
3: about the report, we've already discussed that, um, but we do need as much evidence as we can when making this decision. The good points are that it's low density, it's 3.3 hectares, 31 houses, I like low density. I think it's very important that we look at grade A EPC values and start building passive houses. It's important for the environment, it's important for our, for our district to look better as well, it's a better deal. I also don't undermine under the fact that local builders should be involved and we should encourage that, that's not bad at all and 40% affordable is our rule and I think it's a good rule. I recognise we don't need all those houses in Clavering, but I think it's a good deal to do. So, the strong argument here would be in terms of the environment, and I think it's a strong issue for us, it's an important issue. It's got to be some part of our policy, more part of our policy than it is. Building eco friendly environments is excellent. But building houses, even brilliant passive timber frame houses, in the wrong place, cut off from the center of amenities is simply counterproductive. People have got to get into their cars and drive to the place they need to go. We've heard there aren't jobs available, so guess what? They're all getting in their cars and rushing up to work. The risks and hazards and safety of children around schools is not a good idea either. But it's really about the site, isn't it? It's not about having 31 houses in three hectares of land. And the site has been ruled unsustainable for obvious reasons. I think the access makes it, quite simply, backland development. And on that basis, on that alone... We have to reject I second the motion to reject this. Simply because it is backland developed, development, it's, it's perhaps the right houses in absolutely the wrong place. And so we should reject it.
0: Okay, I'll take that. Any other one? Anybody else before I have my say? Um, firstly, I'd like to commend clavering. Silent protest, we like that. Don't like the interruptions, okay? Not necessary doesn't dignify you. Secondly, um, I would like to put on record how much I approve of uh, Bill Bampton's product, if you like, going forward. Um, But I absolutely agree with Councillor Fairhurst, the right thing in the wrong place doesn't work. Um, I would offer him the fact that in some of the other areas where major development is coming forward in local plan terms. Uh, smaller developers are becoming part of the workforce on those major projects because the major developers have found that they cannot rely on necessarily foreign labour and things like that. So you're seeing a move towards small local builders actually being integrated into the product to improve the standard on even the main developments that are coming forward in other districts. Cambridge is a case in point. Um, I have a And I have a seconder. Okay. Um, I would like Mr Brown firstly to clarify the terms on which you are objecting to the proposal.
4: This is quite straightforward I think. I think members have basically looked at the report and again I apologise for the report as well. Um, it's neither of me nor Maria or of my making, but that particular issue has now been sorted put it bluntly, Um, you have looked at the tilted balance issue and you've considered that the benefits from the application don't outweigh the harm. Officers accept that there was harm from the development, but it was outweighed. Um, So you've considered S7, that's straightforward, it's countryside development and so therefore there is this harm. I'm going to use the usual and warn you away from Gen 1 in terms of highways being being, being a difficult, but I think as part of the solution the applicant has brought on an, an indication of bringing in school parking. That actually goes against what the county actually, actually wants. A county, county do not actually want parking at schools, but in reality, sometimes you do need schools and drop it off points, so I, I commend what, what the applicant's has trying to do. But because he's introduced that mix, Gen 1, I still think it's a very dangerous one to do, but I'm not going to talk you out of that, I know I'm not. Gen two, good as neighbourless issues. You've got a, a, an access going out between two gardens. That's that's a sustainable refuse reason. I'm trying to get to the bottom of what those other what those other the other ones were. Gen five. Gen five relates to uh, light pollution. And Gen four. Gen four and Gen five. I think you said. Um, I, I'm always anxious about throwing the book at it because each one of those individual policies has to be individually defended. Are you um, happy with just with, Gen one?
13: Sorry, I'm happy with with S7, Gen 1, Gen 2, but I do think Gen 5 should be there.
4: Okay, it's just just something that we would have to evidence at the appeal, that's all I'm saying. And I do appreciate that upon appeal, Clavering
13: Parish Council probably would have to defend it. I do understand that, so I, I appreciate that, but I think that it is a factor.
4: But right. if you put it on Gen 5, then Artels for District Council will also have to defend it. So but that's 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 by the way in terms of where you are. I would also suggest you add and Gen four was was related to I don't think this is this is neighborless neighbourliness. This is re, really around plant and machinery when you're looking at business use. So I would I would talk you away from Gen four. But uh, I sorry, I don't I, think I mentioned. Yeah, Gen I just four. I'm just trying to that's yeah. So so we've got S7, Gen 1, Gen Two, and Gen Five. Okay, I would also suggest you add an additional reason that, that takes away the fact that we haven't secured the necessary infrastructure, because obviously we wouldn't get the education payment, we wouldn't get the affordable housing, none of that secured. If you don't add that on as well, then when it goes to appeal, we won't get a 106 package. Yes. So I would, Agreed. I would Agreed. advise you to do that as well. <coughs> Obviously, you know, just, just to make that clear, you have to refu- if you're refusing it today, we haven't got a 106 today. I can, add, I can guarantee that if this goes to appear, we will have the 106 in place, but, and, the, and that refusal reason would fall away, but we have to have the refusal reason yeah, secured. Sure. If you refuse... <coughs> that just covers education, so it doesn't cover other. OK.
0: Uh, on those grounds, you're happy to proceed? Um, OK. Um... The other thing I forgot to say, I'm, I'm conscious that we've gone through all of this and I've not had a single word from the school, either in support or against, which actually surprises me. But there we go. OK. Uh, we have a recommendation for a, for a refusal, and that has been seconded on the grounds that we have. So, all those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's a unanimous. OK. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. That matter is concluded. If anybody wishes to leave now, please do so. Okay? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, continuing.
11: Uh,
0: my. <clears throat> application UTT 182600, full application at the Moors, Little Dunmo. Mr. Theobald to take us through it. I've lost my.
14: Thank you, Chair. This social housing scheme application submitted by Uttersford District Council relates to the demolition of 12 existing council-owned bungalows and their replacement with 16 council affordable dwelling units with the provision of a new private service road and improvements to the existing vehicle access at the moors. Members saw the site this morning. The development would comprise a row of terrace dwellings, a pair of semi-detached dwellings and two blocks of flats situated at right angles to each other which would stand over the footprints of the bungalows to be demolished. The scheme would consist of eight times two bed four person units and eight times one bed two person uh, uh, units where the eight dwellings would be for affordable rent and the eight flats would be for social rent. As described to members on site this morning, plots one to five, uh, which are the uh, dwellings from right to centre, um, would contain one and a half storey low ridge cottage style dwellings, whilst plots six to eight would contain larger one and a half storey dwellings, and plots nine to sixteen uh, would contain two small blocks of one and a half storey flats with shared amenity space now this is how the new scheme would look the roofs of both the new dwellings and the flats would be externally clad in grey pantiles, and the walls cream rendered on red brick plinths and would have grey upvc windows faces and soffits resident parking for the scheme will be in the form of modified frontage resident parking to serve plots one and two via an existing separate vehicular access on-plot parking to serve plots 3, 4, 5, 6 and 8 and rear-court parking to serve plot 7 and the flats. The existing frontage lay-by would be retained as a visitor parking area. The parking shown overall would comply with adopted parking standards. Just going back to the layout, the indicated rear gardens to the new dwellings would have amenity sizes which will comply with Essex Design Guide standards as would the cumulative area for the flats. The scheme has been subject of consultation and the responses are provided within the report. I'll just very briefly go through the actual... Now this is what you would see from the road frontage. Uh, There's actually duplication on this drawing where it's it's split between top and bottom and you can see that, in effect, the the two-storey block of flats, bottom right is the only um, uh, uh, dwelling type that's uh, not previously shown. So uh, it should have been stretched in, in one light like that. So that's... And uh, members will recall looking at uh, that uh, scene this morning. And we turn... I think that's... Right. The scheme has been subject of consultation and the responses are provided within the report. In terms of the planning merits of this application, the principle for a fit-for-purpose council housing scheme at this site through redevelopment at this edge of village location is considered by your officers to be acceptable, whilst Essex County Council Highways have not objected to the scheme on highway grounds subject to highway conditions which are in the report. The design and layout of the proposed scheme is considered acceptable following design amendments made during discussions between planning and housing officers. The development would cause less than substantial harm to adjacent heritage assets and the public benefits through providing new affordable housing for identified council needs would in this instance outweigh identified heritage harm which would be caused in the planning balance were these public benefits Not to exist. It is therefore recommended, Chairman, that the application be approved.
0: Thank you, Mr. Theobald. Uh, We have one speaker, Judith Snares. Judith, you have three minutes.
15: Thank you, Chairman. The site at the Moors is currently occupied by 12 Council-owned um, bungalows, they're small one-bedroom bungalows, and it has been professionally identified that these bungalows are subsiding due to ground conditions and the form of their construction. Work to remedy the subsidence has been investigated and costs have been estimated at 50000 per property, but would only come with a limited guarantee because of the nature of the bungalow's original construction. The site also has Japanese knotweed, which has been removed from the gardens, but may still exist under the existing foundations. It is because of this that refurbishment of the bungalows has been deemed to be economically unviable. Therefore, it was agreed by Cabinet on a recommendation by the UDC Housing Board that the bungalows be demolished and the site redeveloped to provide new affordable housing to be owned and managed by the Council. The application proposes a mix of 16 high-quality homes creating a sustainable, inclusive and mixed community on the edge of Little Dunmo. The proposal, by reason of its design, layout and landscaping, is considered to result in a visual enhancement to both the immediate and wider locality, especially from the views of the site afforded from Station Road. The scheme, by reason of its scale, bulk and height, is considered to result in a sympathetic addition to the street scene, taking cues from the scale and massing of other residential properties in the vicinity. As members who visited the site this morning will have noted, the site falls dramatically from east to west, in excess of two metres, which means that the ridge heights across the mix of dwelling types is at broadly the same height. Members should also note that the proposed new layout almost exactly follows the build line of the existing bungalows. In terms of the quality of accommodation, the scheme is in accordance with the Essex Vehicle Parking Standards and the Essex Design Guide Standards, and the scheme provides a high-quality, usable and accessible level of public open space, which has been retained to the north of the site, providing an additional source of open space for future occupiers to access. As has been highlighted in the planning officer's presentation, the scheme consists of five times two-bed chalet bungalows located to the east of the site, then moving down the site to the west are three times two-bed houses and eight times one-bed apartments. The apartments are located at the far west of the site and are designed to resemble two pairs of semi-detached houses. The design of the apartments also has the benefit of removing all internal communal space within the apartment blocks. It is proposed that the development will be funded in part using right-to-buy proceeds and in part with Homes England grant funding. It is intended that the apartments will be rented at social rent levels with the remainder at affordable rent. All 16 dwellings will be owned and managed by UDC. As you can see, our proposals increase the number of dwellings on the site from 12 to 16. This allows not only for meeting identified housing need, but also makes the scheme financially viable due to the abnormal costs associated with this site. The mix of dwellings contained within the application are in direct response to the housing need contained within the housing register for this area. The highest level of housing need is for one-bedroom general needs accommodation, closely followed by two-bedroom. The existing one-bed bungalows were designed for over 60s under UCC's allocation policy. The size and location of these dwellings made them hard to let to tenants meeting that criteria, which is why when circumstances led us to have the opportunity to redevelop the site, we have looked to build the size and type of property for which we have the most need. The Housing Department has consulted on the application with the Parish Council near neighbours and the wider community. We took on board the comments we received and have made considerable changes to the layout and design of the dwellings in producing this planning application. We have maintained the original access to the site so that the green to the front of the village and the village sign remains unaltered. This is an opportunity for the Council to replace redundant, unsuitable accommodation with much-needed, well-designed modern homes for people on our housing register. Thank you.
0: Uh, thank you, Judith. Uh, we have no other speakers, so straight over to the committee. Councillor Farthing, then Councillor Riles. Councillor Jarrod.
16: Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for the Council to improve their stock could increase the numbers of Council houses. Um, and I would ask the Chairman to uh, uh,
0: move forward to approve the application. Thank you. All right, I'll take that as we go forward. Councillor Riles. Uh, I agree with um, Councillor Farthing. Uh,
17: Farthing, um, it's well been well thought out. We get four more um,
13: social homes. And I would like to propose approval.
0: Councillor Gerard.
13: Yeah, thank you very much. Um, I mean, in principle, this is obviously a good thing to, to do. Mm. However, we just just take one step back, if I may. You know, we were on site this morning. There are two listed buildings on one side. There are two listed buildings on the other. I think the principle is a good one, as I mentioned this morning on site, I do think that the materials used on the, whether it's cladding, on the rendering, whatever it is, I do think that possibly there could be something a bit more imaginative. I think it's a bit harsh for the environment it's in. It is, you know, it is a village environment, so I just mentioned that first of all. Um, There have been some issues raised, I believe, I've been reading through the the Parish Council comments. There are some issues regarding mitigation of what happens during construction. Perhaps, we mentioned this morning, perhaps we could make sure that during construction there are some bollards put up to prevent the green being parked on, etc. We've had experiences in Newport recently where these things do happen and contractors do smash up things that they shouldn't do. But if we could mitigate that, that will be great. Um, I do think it's important that we um, think about the flats, though. I'm I'm a bit concerned about the flats um, in in this location and in in the context of the the character and feel of the the, the location. So it's the flats that I have a little problem with, and perhaps we can just explore that a little bit because I'm not quite happy with that, and I'd like to hear what everyone else has to say about
0: that. Okay, Uh, I can tell you that they've done a survey of the housing needs. I think Judith was back us up on that, and it's based on the demand that is, uh, if you like, identified across the district. Whether it's specific to that area is another matter, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we don't provide the right thing in the right place. Um, I take on board what you're saying. The other thing is that the the original um, proposals for the appearance and that were changed substantially to this because they were felt to be... Um, if you like trying to blend into the area rather than to stand on their own as what they are and to a certain extent the the definition of the brick built with the clay tiles that you saw this morning is mirrored in what we're trying to do here and I can also understand what they're trying to do with the ridge lines Um, so I I think we're all generally in support of this Um, uh, for my own sort of worth in this, I I did raise some points with uh, Mr Theobald this morning I would like to look at the uh, change of the layout to um, increase the length of the bell mouth to put the four parking spaces onto the uh, uh, feeder road that's coming across the front and take that access out Um, we had an incident this morning where Mr Farthing turned out of the other access and a car was very, very quickly uh, very close to your bumper. I don't know whether you noticed it, but basically they come round there at 60 miles an hour. It's unregulated. We don't need two entrances. So I'd very much like to see that change to one entrance. Um, And we did talk about making that as a condition, which I understand we can do. Mr Brown?
4: This is about... um, Sorry, this is is obviously closing the access of, I think... Uh, Clive's going to have to point to yes. uh, so it's, it's closing the access to that end and allowing the bell mouth yeah, allowing the access right. to carry on forward um, and I think if the applicant was agreeable to that and the applicant appeared to be agreeable to that this morning that subject to these, the, I wouldn't do it by way of a condition necessarily but we can have an amended plan that sorts that particular issue out yeah, fine. but if not that, then you can do it as a condition I don't think, put it, recommend a condition today to actually achieve an amended plan to that no development shall take place until we receive the amended plan exactly. closing access. But I can guarantee. I think we can actually probably get a an amended plan prior to that. Either okay. way, we can secure that.
0: If members are all happy with that, yeah,
4: yes. Okay,
0: um, I'm happy enough to go to the vote. <laughs> Could we just
13: add those <laughs> mitigation measures in, please? This is sorry, this, this was about construction management sorry. issues. Oh, apologies. Yeah,
4: yeah I've, just, I've just looked through and I don't see a construction management condition. So, if, if members wish to have one, um, yeah, and I think yeah. we have a duty to leave from the front here in terms of our own construction work, so uh, we can put a construction management plan on there which covers issues about uh, construction, parking, all those particular issues that we're all living with in Newport at the moment. In terms if of those if other members are happy, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's that. a good idea. No, that's
0: fine. Okay, with the addition of those two points, yeah. we have a proposer, Councillor Farthing, we have a seconder, Councillor Rawls. All those in favour, please show. That item is unanimous and carried. Thank you very much. Moving straight on to item five on the agenda, land east of Oathanger Hanger, Friars Lane, Hatfield Heath, and I think Mr Brown is taking us through it. Thank you, Mr. Theobald.
4: Thank you, Chairman. This is an application for land east of Oakhanger, Friars Lane, Hatfield Heath. Members visited the site today. Um, so I think the the situation is quite simple on this particular proposal. Um, One error I've spotted in the report uh, was under the representations. I don't usually count representations because the application is not a it's not a referendum but when we do mention numbers we need to get those numbers right uh, it says 13 letters of support received um, there was also 11 letters of objection received as well so it's not wholesale support it was you know it was like that in terms of so there were 11 letters of objection received as well as those and that was omitted from the report and apologies for that uh, the application lies within the Metropolitan Greenbelt within Hatfield Heath. Uh, Basically this is the Chelmsford Road going out towards White Roading here and this area is the, if you like, the top left corner of the the Metropolitan Greenbelt that spreads all the way out through White White Roading and south of this site as well. So it's a a substantial part of of the Metropolitan Greenbelt. And uh, that is the proposed layout to the site with the access to the site coming directly from the access way that we, is a engineered version of the access that we use today and the proposal is for eight dwellings on the site. Um, I think we've got, oh we haven't got those, sorry. They are modest dwellings, they are small dwellings, they are two, three bedroom dwellings um, and 50% of the proposal would be uh, affordable housing which is excessive, more than what would normally be required for this development. A development of eight on 0.5 of a hectare would normally Probably it would be difficult to secure, one, uh, to secure affordable housing. So that clearly is a planning game from the proposal. Um, there is also a proposal for a community orchard to the, to the south of the site as well. But unfortunately, the substantial showstopper, as far as, as, far as offices are concerned, is the site lies in the metropolitan greenbelt. Um, uh, and we have a presumption against development in the metropolitan greenbelt where it can challenge the openness of the green belt and I think members will see in the site it's not previously developed land where we have allowed land you can allow sites in in the green belt where it's a previously developed land whether that's old yards in greenfield in sites or even parts of gardens can be included sometimes but even then it, it must be done on the basis that it is not challenging the openness this is a field and I think, you know, to, to, to actually allow this and erode the metropolitan room about, So you have a very strong recommendation of refusal from officers.
0: Okay. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Uh, we have half a dozen speakers, and I'll start with Charles Martin. Mr. Martin, no?
18: Mr. Martin isn't here today, Mr. Uh, chairman. Ah, sorry. Okay, he, so there's a
0: statement to be read out?
18: Yes, uh, I've been requested to do so.
0: Okay. If you'd like to read it then. Yes. Three minutes, yeah.
18: I shall try my best. Thank you for reading my letter to the planning committee members on my behalf. Unfortunately, I am away on business and regrettably cannot be here in person to give my support for this application. I am a local resident of Hatfield Heath and have lived in the village for many years with my wife and children who have now all grown up into adults. This application has our support, along with the support of a very high number of local residents who wish this application to be approved. I am disappointed and shocked by the comments made by our parish council. They have no substance, and nor do they consider the thoughts of the wider community of Hatfield Heath. I walk my dog past this site daily, and I just step to one side if any cars are passing as do all the walkers. In the last 35 years that I have been passing by this plot of land, it has always been derelict. The location is ideal, it is sustainable, it is visually part of the village, and the highways authority does not have any objection to the proposal, so those planning concerns can be discounted. Unused derelict land with no public rights has no benefit for anyone at all. The planning gain by not having this development approved is nil, nil for everyone. The planning gains by having it passed are numerous with immense gains. Putting it to use has huge gains. The proposal satisfies all three objective strands of sustainability as required by the NPPF. Economic objective, it will bring employment in the short term and more money into the local economy for the long term a huge gain social objective four affordable homes desperately needed locally another huge gain new smaller market homes giving locals a chance to stay local and releasing existing larger local homes to new families more huge gains the community orchard bringing the community together and raising funds from the proceeds a huge gain in community spirit huge gain and i would like to be one of the members of the committee or chairman of the orchard to oversee the running of it environmental objective There cannot be a greater proposal to protect and enhance the local ecological environment than to introduce an orchard onto this derelict land and, what is more, construct gardens for people to cultivate to further enhance the ecology. A massive gain. There are other benefits to consider that all contribute to the overall well-being of this proposal. A charitable fund offered by the developer to help our young people. Huge gain. An offer of a financial contribution towards a pedestrian crossing and an extension of the 30 miles per hour speed limit, which the parish council should be supporting and campaigning for. Huge gain. A marketing campaign period reserved for locals only. Huge gain. New families coming into Hatfield Heath and existing families able to stay in Hatfield Heath, therefore buoying up the viability of local businesses, church, school and youth groups. Huge gains. Of All those are positive gains that cannot and should not be dismissed. Of course your committee could decide to leave the site empty and unused providing no benefit to anyone. No public access? No community spirit, but left with a real risk of misuse. No gain for the locality whatsoever. The District Council is failing to meet its obligation to have a five-year supply of housing land and the need for affordable housing. So, letting this site stand empty does not make any commercial or public sense. Small development with smaller houses and the four affordable homes has tremendous strengths and immense gains for all, coupled with the orchard. The developer is certainly offering a huge amount back, which is very much welcome, smaller homes and affordable homes that Hatfield Heath urgently requires, and not the huge and unaffordable homes that keep getting past. Pre- wind
0: you up now, please,
18: One short paragraph. A previous application has the support of the Parish Council with half the members objecting to the op- objection of refusal, as can be read in the Parish Council's minutes, and this application today has the support of the majority of the residents of Hatfield Heath. Isn't it lovely our young families and the older downsizing generation have the opportunities to stay local where they have grown up? And apart from a peroration, that's the letter from Mr. Martin, and I thank you for your indulgence, Mr. Chair.
0: (coughs) Okay, thank you. Just in a case of point here, really, I don't know if we'll do this in future. Uh, I don't mind letters being read out from the district councillors as such, but uh, I'd rather that people were actually here. Perhaps we'll have a chat about that afterwards, okay? Um, Okay. Uh, Terry Eldridge. Mr. Eldridge, you have uh, three minutes. That's a proper three minutes, not Elizabeth's
19: three minutes. Hello. Okay,
20: when
19: you're ready. okay, thank you. Um, I live um, on Chelmsford Road but my driveway comes out onto uh, Friars Lane um, and uh, one of my points I'd like to bring up is uh, that on Friars Lane, on the section between the site and Chelmsford Road, there's nowhere for cars to pass unless... The car, one of the cars pulls up onto a grass verge or onto private driveways. The other options for any cars wishing to pass are for them to, one of the cars to reverse, either down, back down the hill towards the site, which is a blind bend, or up the hill to the um, main road, Chelmsford Road, which is a very busy uh, A road, um, and I've actually seen since I've lived there in the five years that I've lived there I've seen three accidents there and one was quite serious so that's out of the question to be able to do that so I don't know what um, provisions being put into place for that um, secondly uh, the um, site as you said earlier is Greenbelt um, and it's situated at the bottom of a valley I don't know if you've been there today but um, the water from that valley collects in the pond, which is actually an established pond, which you didn't say that in the um, ecology report. Um, it collects in that pond and runs in a stream down to Pincey Brook. And Pincey Brook, I walk along there every day with my dog, um, and in there we have water voles, and we also have uh, white-clawed crayfish in Pincey Brook. Um, and Pincey Brook is literally at 100 not even 100 metres from the site. So uh, the ecology report, which said that there was enough for 250 metres, I don't know where they got that from. Um, so um, the other thing, the actual site itself, um, obviously is going to be eight houses and potentially 16 to possibly 20 cars um, at the site. And I'm sure that they've, I couldn't really see it on the actual uh, Uh, computer today, but I'm sure there are parking for them uh, in properties. But what happens um, if one of those properties or two of those properties have a party or a barbecue, where do those vehicles park? That will be out on Friars Lane and Friars Lane is uh, a road, there's uh, a farm on there which we have uh, farm vehicles going up and down there Um, and it is quite a busy road anyway. Um, So those, those are my points. Also, uh, the, sorry, the facilities in the village are actually struggling at the moment. There's parking um, on uh, Hatfield Heath itself. People just park anywhere because there's not enough uh, facilities for parking in the village. And also, the school and the doctors are uh, full up as well. So, that's my points. Thank you.
0: Uh, thank you, Mr Eldridge. Really appreciate it.
19: We did visit this morning,
0: so we saw some of the issues that you're talking about. Thank you. um, Mr Michael
19: Hockley.
21: my
0: point more clearly. Um, yeah, I have no objection, so long as everybody can hear you. you. You'll just have to speak a little bit louder, if that's okay. Chairman, yeah, we'll, we'll, well, Mr. Brown's got one there, so we
21: we'll... uh, My name is Michael Hockley. My family and I farm at Friars Farm. We own the land to the south of the proposed site. I want to draw attention to the problems we already have with rain and surface water drainage in this area. The Shallow Valley, which runs along here, runs due east from the bend in the lane and it's drained by a standard 150mm land drain which outfalls into Pinsip Brook. This pipe collects water, or should collect water, from the open ditch-stroke pond here, and For years, this worked perfectly well. However, this was when it only had to accept the roof water from Bramfield, which is this house, and the surface runoff from the lane. Since the addition of Oak Hanger, Friarswood, Dorneywood House and Heathfields to the neighbourhood, our standard land drain pipe simply cannot cope. In periods of heavy rainfall, it backs up, the ditch pond overflows, and the water floods down our grass headland and then straight across our arable field and whatever crop is growing into Pincy Brook. I fully realise it's too late to prevent those properties I've just mentioned from contributing to the problem, but I do not relish the prospect of a further eight houses being built together with their associated patios, driveways and entrance roads. I know full well that all the roof water and runoff from this proposed development will more than double the pressure on our already overloaded pipe, and I ask that this is taken into serious consideration before a decision is made. My final point, both in the description of the site and in the proposal, pages 53 and 54, of a stream to the south of the site, I would like to point out that this stream is not actually a stream, but overspill across our land when the drainage pipe cannot cope. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Mr Hockley. Uh, Peter Brown. Terry, can you put the microphone on? That's it. Just press the middle button, sir. Well, and thank just you. speak a bit closer to it. That'll thank be great. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so just talking about the orchard, what is going to be put on the bottom of the land where the houses are. From the top of Friars Lane, one of the hills, as you look down on it, um, the orchard is visible there. And the, build, the, the site people say they're going to put... Uh, that was be a screen for the house is going up there, but if it's an orchard, a screen to cover 20 or 30 foot of house, there are going to be very big trees, and that's just my point. Okay, no, thank, you. thank you very much indeed, we take your point.
22: Thank
0: you. Uh, Giles Brooker? Uh,
22: He's
0: on Okay, um, in that case I have Councillor Nigel Robley from Hatfield Parish Council. Okay, Mr. Robley, you have three minutes Thank you, when you're ready.
22: Okay, so this is um, the Parish Council's uh, points of view. The site is within the metropolitan green belt and outside the village envelope, as we've heard, and previous applications have been turned down and decisions upheld at appeal, essentially, on these grounds. Preservation of the MGB around Hatfield Heath is in the present local plan and also in the proposed plan. The applicants have tried to overcome prior objections by proposing a community orchard to be gifted to either the Parish Council or the Woodland Trust, but neither the Parish Council nor any other village organisation is interested in it. We believe this to be simply a cynical attempt to overturn the previous planning decision, since it will take a number of years for such an orchard to mature sufficiently to crop the tonnes of harvest that would be sold at profit and support the trust that the applicants wish to set up, even if the regularly flooded land on which the orchard is proposed could be made arable. It's also unclear where people would park. On traffic and parking, we note that in the prior application, highways concentrated on the site itself rather than egress and access to the site, which is down a single track road from the Chelmsford Road. The entrance to Friars Lane uh, is on a blind bend in a 40 mile an hour zone and has experienced numerous accidents and near misses. Friars Lane has no footpath and two normal-sized vehicles cannot pass each other in a number of places leading to the site. The entrance to the site is situated in a severely restricted bend which we believe will cause major issues at peak times with people coming in and out. They are concerned that there are no garages and a restricted number of parking spaces that will lead to inappropriate parking in Prior's Lane itself both for the development and for the orchard. Highways have provided no comment on these aspects, apart to give advice on a potential pedestrian crossing across the Chelmsford Road. They have not addressed the fact that there is no footway to get to such a crossing. There is an uh, uh, inadequate provision for foul or surface water drainage. The application uh, references to a mains drain, a new mains drain, uh, to for both surface and foul water, but doesn't explain how this will be accomplished. All the properties in Friars Lane, as far as we can discover, have septic tank systems, and only those on the opposite side of the Chelmsford Road have main drainage. This would mean either further overloading the lane with tankers, a further load uh, created by the treated water system outlets on the already overloaded ditch system we've heard about, or some undefined link with the already overloaded Chelmsford system, Chelmsford Road system. The landowner wishes to deposit £10,000 into a charitable fund for the educational benefit upon application of the young people of Hatfield Heath, the trustees being parish councillors, local faith and education leaders, local residents and a trustee appointed by the landowner, the trust fund to be supplemented by the residual balance of funds accruing from the sale of orchard produce. We find such a statement um, is only included to try and sway what should be a straightforward planning decision. Uh, we equally object to the community orchard on the same basis. Uh, we note that the application calls for four units of social housing and for market housing. Social housing specifically refers to rented property either owned by an housing association or directly by the district council. Elsewhere in the application affordable housing is referenced which I think is what it really means now. Um, it would be nice to know which it is and what levels are deemed affordable by the applicants because we believe that would be unaffordable. In summary, uh, we object to the proposal. There's one other item, I think there were 19 letters supporting and 11 uh, and 12 against the proposal. Uh, of the 19, four have been from outside the village and a further nine we, we, who think we know the people in the village can't find them. So that's it.
0: Thank you, Mr. Robley. And uh, finally, we have Mr. Matthew Wood. And I think Debbie Worrell, agent and applicant, I believe. Uh, you have uh, three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen minutes in total.
4: Don't forget one of those three minutes with support, so... To,
0: All right, OK, it. sorry, you have nine minutes. I know you won't take that long.
23: Good afternoon. You've had the opportunity to read about our proposal... The technical planning items I will leave to Matthew. I'm a local girl, which is why our application is about modest family homes. Homes that people can afford in Hatfield Heath. Family homes that people want in Hatfield Heath. Family homes in a setting that protects and enhances the local environment and ecology. Family homes that are green, efficient and cheaper to run with a reduced carbon footprint. Homes that local residents can downsize into so friends and family stay close. We're not developers, we're just a local family. That's why we want to give back to the local community, which is which what make, makes this application unique. By approving our application today, you're enabling the opportunity for residents to stay in Hatfield Heath. Thank you for listening.
24: Good afternoon to members. The site is situated within the Greenbelt, with officers concluding that these proposals would amount to inappropriate development. However, In relation to the significant advantages associated with this scheme when weighed against such harm including 50% on-site affordable housing, a community orchard and associated trust, and a commitment to contribute towards a new pedestrian crossing along Chelmsford Road to improve access to the site. It is considered that any harm to the Greenbelt by reason of inappropriateness and any other harm resulting from the proposal is clearly outweighed by these other considerations. It is also important to note that the orchard would also have further ecological advantages um, as the council's advisors highlighted uh, which is included in the committee report. As you will be aware, such greenbelt policy compliance ensures that the presumption in favour of sustainable development is fully engaged in this instance. The site itself is located in a sustainable location directly adjacent to the village envelope whereby it would be well positioned in relation to Hatfield Heath and in order to enhance its vitality in line with key MPPF principles. It is also important to note that it is not unknown for the council to approve new residential development in similar circumstances including recently at Taunton's White Roading which has previously been highlighted to members. This was a Greenfield Greenbelt site with no buildings on it, comparable to that before you now yet with little community benefit. This example also clearly challenges Greenbelt openness principles. Officers have assessed the proposal as being acceptable in all other planning-related regards as set out within the committee report, including on highway grounds with the Highway Authority raising no objection to these proposals. It's also important to mention that any concerns regarding drainage from the site could be covered by planning condition should planning permission be granted. In addition, officers have previously referred to the site as potentially being a form of infill development in relation to its context. In conclusion, the proposal would represent a sustainable form of development with the potential adverse impacts of such a proposal not significantly and demonstrably outweighing the benefits when assessed against the MPPF taken as a whole. Therefore the proposals constitute sustainable development and as such members are urged to support this application and grant planning permission accordingly. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, Thank you, Mr Wood. Thank you. Um, I'll take Councillor Farthing, Councillor Wells and then Councillor Lachlan. Thank you, Chairman.
16: Um, The reason I called this in really is uh, if anybody listened to the letter read out by Elizabeth, uh, Mr Martin's letter and listened to Mrs Worrell, um, you know, I think it's a very philanthropic development. I think it offers a great deal for the community and I think to see it as cynical is, um, is, is not really the thing to do. This is uh, obviously well thought out. The orchard, which would be used for uh, children, educational uh, things such like, the, the fruit, um, obviously, any money raised could be used for the local community. Um, that would form a natural barrier to the greenbelt. Um, At the moment, I see it as a a derelict site, um, and I I can't really see if you see an aerial uh, vision of it, that uh, you could see anything other than just infill. I think that uh, going forward, Chairman, I would like to propose uh, approval for this application subject to conditions on drainage, etc.
0: Okay, I'll ask you just to park that for the moment till we've had the debate, and then we'll see whether you find a seconder. Um, Councillor Wells.
10: Thank you. Um, Well for me this one's quite easy. We have very little greenbelt and I believe that what we do have is sacrosanct. From the letters I received and listening to some of the reports I thought I was going to turn up and see a piece of scrubland this morning but I didn't. It was a beautiful green field bordering rolling countryside and for me to go against the officer's recommendation and chip into our greenbelt is possibly setting precedent and marking a way for the future. So I certainly will not support it.
0: Okay, point noted. Uh, Councillor Lachlan.
12: Thank you. Well, I tend to agree. Looking at the MPPF, which along with the um, local plan is our Bible, if you like, um, the government says... Um, The government attaches great importance to green belts. The fundamental aim of green belt policy is to prevent urban sprawl by keeping land Permanently open. The essential characteristics of green belts are their openness and permanence. And it goes on to say, once established, green belt boundaries should only be altered where exceptional circumstances are fully evidenced and justified. Well, we do know that Atlesford only has 8% of green belt. It's a large district, so 8% of green belt is a very, very small proportion. And we really should be doing our best to protect it. During the last local plan and this local plan, both officers and members fought to keep the green belt. The government in certain places want us to build on it and we have always fought against that and I hope we will continue to do so. So I will absolutely not vote for this application. In fact, I'll recommend, the off- well, do we need a recommendation? Uh- I've
0: oh,
12: got it, one. I'll park it. Pa- it.
1: We'll <laughs> Councillor Lemon. Thank you, Chair. Um, yeah, I know this is a beautiful part of, of, of our village. Um, it is metropolitan greenbelt, and as you say, there's only 8%, and most of it is in the boundaries of, of Hatfield Heath and White Roading. It has been turned down on two occasions. It has gone to appeal and has lost. Just further up the Chelmsford Road was another development this year um, on the same green belt. Uh, That was refused and that went to appeal and the uh, inspector upheld the decision that uh, the council had made. So I think we need to keep this green belt, you saw how beautiful it was. Um, The orchard and the pedestrian crossing, well, to use our vice chairman's words again, um, I think they are a sweetener. Certainly you heard that the parish, today that the parish council um, will not uh, be interested in the, in the orchard, and it is, it is a good idea, but you've got to have somebody there to look after it and to, to keep an eye on it. The pedestrian crossing, at the moment we require a zebra crossing in Hatfield Heath, and I think this is probably where this has come from. But at the present time, Councillor Barker is dealing with this, and if we do have a zebra crossing in Hatfield Heath, it needs to be up by the school and not halfway down the Chelmsford Road. Um, This is urban sprawl. If we we grant this application, it's just spreading the sprawl of of, of our village, and uh, it shouldn't happen, and I shall be definitely voting to refuse this application. (coughs) Okay, thank you. Uh, Councillor Kunt.
2: I would concur totally with uh, Councillor Lachlan and Councillor Lemon. Um, For good reasons, we took cars up there this morning, Um, so I was one of those people that couldn't get past, and I went up on the Greens. So, actually, I... Beef, say, refuse. Uh,
0: okay, thank you. Councillor Gerard.
2: Yeah, I'd just like to say that
13: um, you know, the Worrell family have put together, I think, a lovely proposal. And if it wasn't on a greenbelt, I'd be inclined to look at approving it and supporting it. I really, really would. And, and I, I believe that firmly. However, it is on green greenbelt. I agree absolutely with what Councillor Wells says. We must protect our green
0: belt. So I have to say that I can't support it either. Council, Lemon, I'll come back to you and then I'll go and wrap this up.
1: Thank you. Um, yes, just on, 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 on the superb piece of land, um, th- this was a very good brochure, but I noticed that they say um, we will use their currently derelict land. When I looked up a definition of derelict, and the definition of derelict is land in poor condition as a result of disuse and neglect Namely, unsafe and dangerous. And I can assure you that that bit of land is not negle- hasn't been neglected at the moment and it's certainly not dangerous.
0: Okay. Uh, I completely concur with you as well. Um, if that's derelict, then the whole of Attlesford is derelict. <laughs> so, there we go. Um, I have a recommendation for approval first, so I must take that. Does that find a seconder? Uh, Mr. Farthing actually recommended. Oh, of course, sorry. Does, does that find a seconder? Okay, in that case, I have a recommendation for refusal from, I think, Councillor Lemon. Does that find a seconder? It, it does find a seconder. All right, Councillor Leconte will do that. Um, so I have a recommendation for a refusal and a seconder for that. All those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, nine. Those against? One. Okay, Councillor Farthing noted. Um, That item is refused. Moving on to the next... UTT 183370. Mr Theobald to take us through the farmhouse Old Mood Road, Hennam. When you're ready, Mr Theobald.
14: Thank you, Chair. Um, before I start the report, there's just a few notes on housekeeping I need to mention. Um, the first is there's a circulated SUPREP, which uh, draws members' attention to the fact that the um, report doesn't have a recommendation to it after conclusions. As you can see from the SUPREP, um the report recommends approval with conditions. So that's that. Um, Also, in paragraph 1116, reference to parking on this indicative scheme, it should in fact read uh, 2.25 visitor parking spaces as opposed to just against uh, uh, 2.25 implied resident parking spaces as stated. So just to clear that up. Um, Also, um, the report um, doesn't carry a condition because at the time of the report, um, officers weren't too sure whether to impose it, but we've sought legal opinion, and uh, we can impose such a condition. Uh, and that relates to um, all of the buildings which uh, you can see on the site, of the plan, edged in green or coloured in green, of which there are 18 um, on the site, which is owned and controlled by the applicant for this application of which five of those redundant poultry buildings are within the site edged in red, with the remainder of those uh, poultry buildings within uh, the area edged in blue. Um, So an additional planning condition is recommended by officers for this application, which does not appear on the list, relating to uh, the proposed demolition of all the additional buildings on the site, thereby making 18 buildings in total, um, as opposed to s- simply the five uh, within the site edged in Red, which would be required to be demolished, uh, were the dwellings to be approved. And that that uh, condition would be a prior to occupation and condition, rather than prior to development, uh, to say, should members be mindful to resolve to grant permission for the proposed development? Uh, The reason for this condition, and this in fact uh, predicates uh, the uh, the reason for the application and on the planning merits, is that the removal of all 18 buildings at this uh, redundant poultry farm uh, would represent a greater environmental gain across the site as a whole compared to the five buildings which would be required to be demolished to facilitate the development. Uh, the applicant's agent has confirmed that the applicant is agreeable for such a condition uh, being imposed, and this would be in the alternative to a unilateral unta- undertaking, which of course would be the alternative to facilitate that. The, this outline scheme, in principle, is for the erection of, of up to nine dwellings with all matters reserved except for access involving the demolition of the existing poultry buildings um, at this redundant poultry site. The the surroundings are are on the left-hand side of of, uh, Old Mead Road is a row of chalet dwellings of an established nature and uh, to the the south in this area here on the old former goods yard site is uh, an appeal allowed um, high-density development of um, fairly urbanised uh, built form. Um, on the right-hand side, you have, as you go over the tracks, um, commercial buildings, uh, and then uh, you have uh, one dwelling which bookends the site on the, the south end and on the north, you can see there, that's the farmhouse which is in the applicant's control. The indicative drawings show how a line of up to nine dwellings with some attached garages shown with additional on-plot hard-standing parking could be accommodated at the site. This is an application for up to nine dwellings, together with new shared internal service road with a six-metre-wide shared entrance point off Old Mead Road, as you can see in the centre of the site. Whilst scale and layout and appearance are all reserved matters, You can see from this indicative drawing that the scale and form of housing, which could be built at the site, um, which comprises a variety of one-and-a-half-storey dwellings, uh, would be consistent in scale with the established linear-built form on the left-hand side of Old Mead Road. Um, I would say that the original drawings um, had uh, some two-storey dwellings in it for plots one, two and four, which were, in fact, the dwellings um, on the northern side uh, of this site to the farmhouse. And it was considered that uh, two-storey dwellings, as you proceed out of the village on that side, would not be uh, in, in, in scale context. So that's the reason why they've been reduced to one-half-storey level. Um, rear gardens for the dwellings, as shown, again indicative, would all meet Essex Design Guide, uh, standards for amenity space. Resident parking would also appear to be standard compliant, although, this particular issue as a design matter can't be properly assessed at outline stage given that the uh, bedroom sizes have not been uh, stated. Uh, this is just uh, to show you what the um, site is like at the moment. This is looking north towards the farmhouse in the background. And you've got a a collection of all these old poultry buildings, uh, timber built um, many years ago. That's looking due east um, across the higher land towards the rear boundary of this quite substantial site in terms of uh, site uh, area. And this is looking now across the road uh, to the um, dwellings, um, which obviously... Uh, continue and on the end, which you can't see but I think you can see a a yellow digger, uh, there's um, a a planning permission granted for the erection of a new dwelling at I think it's called uh, the Meads. So the principle of residential development at this previously developed location is considered acceptable as it would amount to a presumption in favour of sustainable development whereby the demolition of all of the existing buildings at the poultry farm, or indeed those within the site edged red, uh, would um, constitute an an environmental gain for this site. Access arrangements are considered acceptable, where county highways have not objected to this scheme in principle, subject to highway conditions. And uh, this application, in outline, Chairman, is recommended for approval. Thank you, Mr Theobald. We have one speaker, uh, the agent, Mr Salmon.
0: Three minutes. Mr Salmon, you have three minutes when you're ready.
25: Good afternoon, Chairman and members. This application is for nine uh, nine, one-and-a-half storey dwellings on the Henham and Elsham border. It's a stone's throw from Elsham train station. In our opinion, the site is sustainable, as it is also within walking distance of Elsnum's shops, school and the doctor's surgery. It is pertinent to note that this was also the opinion of the planning inspector for the recently allowed appeal for a new dwelling at the reeds opposite this site. Furthermore, 16 dwellings are currently under construction just in front of the site on on the old goods yard. The site is positioned between two existing dwellings, which nicely bookend the development and provide defensible boundaries on either side in order to contain any further residential development along this part of Old Mead Road. The site is a former poultry farm, but it has not been in this use um, for almost 45 years. Um, Due to this development overall, the amount of built form um, will actually be reduced from from the development proposal. and uh, the applicant is in agreement that these these buildings will be demolished as part of, of this planning permission via condition. Although in outline form the indicative plans show the dwellings to be two, three and four bedroom properties with generous gardens and good parking provision. It is an attractively laid out development in a linear pattern between existing dwellings. The two submitted example elevations show the style of development that the applicant is looking to achieve Uh, It's low-density, attractively designed, good-sized family homes. All consultees on the application have no concerns subject to appropriate conditions, and only two neighbours have commented on the development. Neither of these expressed an objection to the principle of the development itself. The proposal will add to the Council's housing supply promptly and given the loss of the existing buildings on the development site, the application will result in a visual improvement to the site whilst the location nearby to shops, services and public transport make this development uh, sustainable. and Therefore, we respectfully request that Councillors approve this well thought out proposal. Thank you.
0: (coughs) Thank you, Mr Salmon. Okay, members, over to you. Gary.
2: I live about one mile from this site and i think in some ways it's a, a bit of a blot on the landscape actually with all these buildings and really by rights they should all come down uh, if there's a derelict site in in henham and Elsham, this is the one but maybe what we should do is actually all go and have a look at it and get a better view of exactly what's actually going on there but i would actually at the moment i would support it because basically the only thing I've got against it is the entrance. Would that be splayed? Or would it be, it looks like it's just straight in over a, over a river that is actually. Mr Theobald? Yeah,
14: uh, there, there are in fact uh, two, two highway conditions imposed by highways on this proposal. Um, and uh, they are fairly standardised conditions, uh, the first of which is that the access shall be formed at right angles to Oldmead Road um, and that is in fact a site splay condition. So uh, there is in fact uh, uh, dimensions, XY dimensions, uh, which are required to be met under um, highway standards. So in answer to your question is yes, they would be angled
2: onto the road. Well, I would support actually the, uh, the application but if members would like to go and see it and get a better view, then please do. But I support <coughs> it. I've walked down that road for 36 years, and it's a hot, an ice one.
0: Okay. Uh, I've actually had a look at this already because we weren't visiting it today. So uh, I, I think members have some images. If everybody else is in agreement with you, I'm happy to go with that. But I think we've got enough in front of us to make a decision today. Highways are happy enough. The displays are adequate um, as such. Okay. Any other comments? Councillor Lemmon.
1: Yes, just really the same comment. Um, Something must be better than what's there at the moment. It certainly needs developing, and uh, I think this is an ideal site, and I would support it.
0: Okay. Um, Councillor Jarrod. Just one one more thing.
13: I think that saying anything we're better than what's there at the moment is is, is fine, but when we have something there, it still has to be something that we're proud to have there. So um, I'm not yet... Convinced, but uh, I mean, I personally, I don't know. I haven't, I don't think that the, the material that we've seen is very convincing uh, in the detail. Um,
0: so uh, it's an outline application. I know it yeah. is. I, I still
13: can't quite see the, the access point um, and the splays are not clearly shown to me. I can't quite see them. So
0: uh, well, I, they're exactly I would be... what Essex Highways would require a 90 degree turn uh, with access both sides left and right and the visibility splays required by that speed limit. So, there are, there are conditions that they impose. Councillor Wells.
10: On the basis that this is an outline application, I'm happy to propose the recommendation.
0: Fine. Okay, I have a proposer. Does that find a seconder? Yeah. Councillor LeConte second it. Okay. Um,
14: it was just on that additional condition. Oh, right,
0: okay. Uh,
14: yeah, so I, I think
0: we're, we're, we're proceeding with the condition that... Mr Theobald raised concerning the demolition of all of the buildings. All of the details of the construction will have to come before us. Uh, I would not like to see anything uh, above the one and a half storey coming forward and we would, if it is, then it will come back before us again. So it must be in keeping with the other properties in the area. So on that basis, Councillor Riles? I'd just like to add, agree with it. Um, Yeah, but I think
17: whilst this development doesn't have to provide some affordable houses, I would like the style, as you say, no more than one and a half, if we could, for the developer to think about for people who, for, the, for, for smaller homes. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, I have a proposer and I have a seconder. All those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That is unanimous. Thank you very much indeed. And moving on. UTT 182268, the Stables High Lane, Stansted. Mrs. Shoesmith to take us through it.
5: Thank you, Chairman. The application site is located to the east of High Lane, in um, or just outside of Stansted. Um, High Lane, as you're probably aware, leads into Lower Street, into the core of um, one of the core centres of Stansted itself. The application itself is for. Um, Planning permission for the erection of two four stroke five bed dwellings with access taken from High Lane. In terms of the report itself, um, the representations are highlighted in the report. Um, No statutory consultee objections, subject to conditions, and third party uh, objections are listed on page 81. This is a um, plan of um, the layout of the scheme that's proposed, uh, which is, as I said, um, two dwellings um, located to the back end of the proposed site. The donor dwelling is located here, uh, with this currently being um, semi-grassland. This is uh, the elevations of what the scheme would look like. both um, mirroring each other in terms of of the design itself. It should be noted um, that there is history on this site in that uh, there are um, extant consents in 2015, a single dwelling was uh, granted on this site and, again, back in 2016, uh, further planning permission was granted, again, for a single dwelling, but a much reduced scheme in terms of its size. Um, in 2017, planning permission was refused uh, for the erection of, a dwelling, uh, of um, four dwellings in total. I will show you the... Um Plans of this. Um, so, this is what was granted in 15. This will show you the layout a single story um, bungalow um, covering quite a large footprint. Um, and in 16, a reduced version, again, similar in terms of elevations. In 2017, the refused scheme, this shows the, um, a bungalow to the front of the site here. And three two storey dwellings. This was also dismissed at appeal, um, and this was on the grounds of the impact of the character, uh, urbanisation, and the overall uh, impact upon the landscape as well. The application has been uh, fully assessed uh, with, obviously, the history in mind and in in consideration of policies. The principle has already been established in terms of the the extent consent on site. However, uh, based in terms of the size and scale of the scheme, um, in terms of quite large two-storey dwellings and their locality as well within the site... Um, The design and development, um, it's considered that it's unacceptable, um, that it would cause harm to the character and appearance of the area. Uh, The proposed arrangement would be at odds uh, with prevailing um, pattern of development which exists along High Lane. The proposed development would also take the... The maximum width of the plot, so fulfilling the plots um, in terms of its overall size, uh, leaving it with little space uh, between the dwellings, um, therefore um, adding to its urbanised um, appearance. Therefore, the scheme has been recommended for refusal, uh, with the reasons outlined within the committee report. And um that's it, Chairman.
0: Okay, we have one speaker. Um, The agent, uh, Susie Moore. No? Sorry, I've jumped one. (laughs) Mr James, sorry. I've changed your agenda. My apologies. Good afternoon, Chair and uh,
20: Councillors. Um, I've come along today just to uh, talk about exactly where we are with this particular uh, development. It's been a long and torturous Uh, road with uh, many twists and turns. Um, We have always tried to uh, engage with uh, the uh, local council and and work out a way forward on this particular uh, development. We have gone down the uh, route of uh, applications and changing those uh, to, to meet the requirements and the situation we find is that we have other developments in the area of Walpole Farm and one just 100 metres down the road with three houses being built there, uh, we keep changing our, our goalposts and from a four, four beds, uh, five beds and then uh, four detached houses down to eventually to two detached houses. Um, and we think we're kind of coming along and, and meeting everyone's requirements, et cetera, uh, in that. In the, in the interim, all the, um, the time that we're speaking to different people, they seem to be leaving, and it left us a, a, a little bit of a, a, a loss. So um, we, we felt that we had met halfway with uh, what we were suggesting,
0: and, uh, and that's really all I have to say on the matter. Okay. <coughs> Thank you very much. Um, okay, over to you, members. Uh, before we go any other I, I suppose I ought to note this has been called in by Councillor Dean. Uh, it was recommended for refusal. I. I Can't quite see why he wanted to call it in when he's also supporting that refusal. It seems a complete waste of everybody's time. So uh, I think that's probably what you were going to say, Councillor Gerard. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, and uh, normal form should have followed itself. But for some reason, it's before us.
4: So, members... Can I just clarify that issue? The uh, Councillor Dean uh, tried to call us in regardless, whether it was approved or refused. Um, You can't do that. Members have to determine whether it goes for refusal or approval, because there's a general trust for officers to make the right decision with the necessary calling requirements. Um, he called it in for refusal because he was, he was mindful of other applications that had been approved in High Lane, um, although he did indicate that he wanted to call it in for if it was going to be approved because he wasn't really very supportive of the application. So it was all a bit confusing. Unfortunately, Councillor Dean is not here to, to explain that, but um, that's where we are.
0: I think the point he wanted to make was he didn't want High Lane to have become another White Ditch Lane, uh, which is sort of somewhat in the direction it's going. Anyway, Councillor Fairhurst. So, quick and short, I support the recommendation of rejection, refusal. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Riles. All those in favour of refusal, please show. That item is refused. Thank you very much.
4: Sorry.
0: Uh, UTT 19.025 uh, Application at the Stables High Lane Stansted No, I've got it wrong again <laughs> Try again 19.0025 Mourns Fieldgate Lane Ugly Which we visited this morning uh, Mr Luke Mills to take us through it
26: Luke, when you're ready Thank you, Chairman Firstly, please note that three letters of support were received after the meeting agenda was published. These are now on the website. The site is located off Fieldgate Lane, Ugly Green, and comprises an undeveloped parcel of land. The application is for planning permission to erect a detached house and garage, which would utilise the existing vehicular access. As set out in my report, it is considered that the harm to the rural character of the area from the encroachment of housing development would outweigh the positive effects of the proposal. It is therefore recommended that planning permission be refused.
0: Uh, Thank you, Mr Mills, succinct as usual. Uh, One speaker, Susie Moore. I believe you're speaking as the applicant. I am, yes. Okay. You have three minutes when you're ready.
27: Thank you. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Our family have lived in Morns for over 20 years and love Ugly Green, which is not only a beautiful village, but is within easy walking distance of Elsinham and all its facilities. This is why we chose to live here and we all regularly walk to the station 10 minutes away. As you will have seen this morning, Fieldgate Lane is a busy lane with 11 houses, an arable farm and an office occupied by a company with over 30 employees. The site is difficult to describe as isolated or in the open countryside, but it is separate and is bounded by a five-metre high hedge which will be retained. The Officers' Report confirms that the location is consistent for housing to be sited, where it would maintain the vitality of rural communities. The Officers' Report further states that the Council only has 3.29 years of housing land supply and that this triggers the presumption in favour of sustainable development. I hope that having seen the site, you will agree that the proposal would not cause significant harm or indeed any harm to the location. The report that before you confirms that the design would be compatible with the vicinity. I think it is important for the committee to be aware of the background to this application. 18 months ago, we sought advice from the Planning Department for a new, build, a new self-built house for our own occupation and that of our elderly mother who is no longer able to manage on her own. Morns, with its narrow corridors and steep stairs, is not suitable for her, and a new self-built, self-built house would cater for her needs. We were pleased to receive a very positive response from Chris Tyler at the pre-application stage, and based on that encouragement, we prepared our application. We maintained disclosure of our plans at various stages with continued support in full by Chris Tyler and his colleagues, including Maria Shoesmith. We were excited by an email received from our planning consultant in July 2018, stating that Mr Tyler was writing up his report with a recommendation for approval. We were therefore extremely surprised when his recommendation for approval was overruled by his senior officer. As we were encouraged to to submit a new application, we chose not to appeal the refusal. The application before you today has been designed to specifically address the concerns in the refusal of the earlier application. The floor area has been reduced by 20%, the ridge height lowered, the garage building reduced in size, and the house turned, so the narrowest elevation fronts Fieldgate Lane. Therefore, to summarise, we went through the pre-application process, responded appropriately, and consequently received a positive reaction. We cannot understand what we have done wrong here and why the recommendation is for a refusal when we were led to believe from the outset that our application would be acceptable. We simply want to build a new family house that caters for our changing needs. Thank you. Uh,
0: Thank you, Mrs Moore. Um, No other speakers on this item, so over to you, committee. Councillor Gerald? Oh, Councillor Lachlan, to start. No, go on, Janice.
12: Right. Um... Well, I have noticed that the planning officer has given the same reason, mostly the same reason, uh, that he did for the last time he refused it. Uh, and I'm... Well, I know that any councillor can call this in. It's, uh, anybody can do that. We know that. Even one who lives 10 miles away, as councillor Artis does. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with that, being the local ward member 10 miles away. So what? Um, but I would like to ask... Um, Mr. Brown, uh, we've had concerns, and not just on this application, about the White Ditch Lane effect, I will call it, and I know that is what several residents have said to me um, locally, so I wonder if you could give us your opinion on that, please.
4: I also must say I feel sorry for people in White Ditch Lane. I don't want them to really always be called a, a problem, but um, it. I think we know what we mean when we say White Ditch Lane. You will always hear me sitting here being very, very boring, saying pre- the President doesn't exist and everything should be taken on its own merits. But there is such a thing as what happened in White Ditch Lane. There is a big chunk of hindsight in terms of allowing one and lots of developments. And it is heartbreaking seeing White Ditch Lane, pictures of White Ditch Lane as it was then and how it is now. It was idyllic this place is idyllic and the real reasons why it's recommended for refusal are on the basis of character of the area. That is the principal reason why it's been recommended by refusal for refusal. And members can make their own determination and that can stand and fall on its own and I think it stands on its own as a strong recommendation for refusal. But I do have concerns myself in terms of we have had inquiries of other developments in this area and I do have concerns that this could each one of those would be considered its own merits but at some point on White Ditch Lane, an application, a single application was approved that may have opened the floodgates, and I have that concern. But that's not the reason to refuse this. But members need to be mindful of, this is the first one. And, um, and I have serious concerns about the character of the area, that this proposal in isolation would actually... in Isolation is wrong. It's not an isolated location. It's, an, it's a site located in, a, in an area which would harm the character of the area, and members need to make that judgement. And if we were going to make that judgment, it's best to do that now and test that on appeal if necessary. And, and so I, I feel this is quite a very strong recommendation for refusal. Councillor Gerard.
13: Yes, I mean, I'm the ward member for Newport. Um, for the benefit of Mr. Moore, the applicant, you know, White Ditch Lane in Newport used to look like your lane. Um, and it started with a very similar application. And... It did, it did open the floodgates and actually what pe- people that <coughs> haven't seen the, 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 the site today further up the lane there are some farm buildings on some quite large pieces of land similar to Newport-Whitedish Lane and what probably would happen is that if this was approved it would open the floodgates to so those beings and you actually the benefit of living on this lane would be lost and actually you'd probably be hoist by your own petard but It is actually S7. It is, in my opinion, not acceptable and I can't support it. I'm sorry.
16: Uh, Anybody else? Councillor Farthing? Yeah, I think they've gone along. They've taken advice. They've acted on advice. Um, they shouldn't really be held responsible for what's happened in other areas. It should be taken on its own merits, and I would uh, like to move forward and uh, have it approved.
12: Sorry, I think you'll find the advice was for refusal.
4: Just going to say, there was, uh, just to clarify previous issues, and I'm not going to go down the dirty, dirty linen issue here, uh, an individual officer had a positive view regarding that application and um, that application was duly refused uh, it is due process where uh, each, in each officer has to put forward a, a recommendation to another officer and that issue in terms of Poor advice or inconsistent advice is an issue for a separate place, it's a procedural issue. It doesn't automatically mean, there's no such thing as a stop here, we can't actually say that that automatically means that approval should be given. It's a complaint issue and I feel sorry for if these people have had false advice before. That was on the original application. They have now submitted a new application and that was on despite having a previous refusal. So members need to determine this on what they consider. They shouldn't be in any way tarnished by any, by any procedural issue that went before it. So members need to make their own judgement regarding the application. OK. Um, Councillor Riles.
9: <coughs>
4: I um, very much agree with um,
17: what... Um, uh, Councillor Gerald is saying, um, I wouldn't want this lane to be spoilt anymore but I do feel for the needs of the applicants. Um, I'm sure they probably thought about it, but have they considered putting an application to adapt their existing house to suit the needs they have now? Um, and if that came forward, I'd feel a bit more comfortable with that than I would have been building a you know a brand new house next door.
13: Okay, Councillor Gerald, and then I'm going to wrap it up. I just wanted to add. Um, I actually think that once our local plan is in place, this probably might be a good app- application to put in again at a later date because then it, then it could be protected from other bigger developments, possibly taking advantage of the current situation. So just, just a, a word to the applicant, possibly just park it for a while and then bring it back. Maybe it will be a different scenario. But at the moment, I don't think it is actually acceptable.
0: Um, okay. Um. For my mind, in summary, again, this shouldn't be before us. It's been called in by a councillor that isn't in the right ward uh, for the wrong reasons. We should be trusting our officers to make the decisions and standing by them. Uh, So this shouldn't really be before you. Uh, I have some sympathy with the applicants. Um, but uh, Right, uh, Councillor Farthing, you made the first statement uh, where you wanted to recommend for an approval. Does that find a seconder? Right. It doesn't. Uh, we have a recommendation for refusal. Uh, does that find a proposer? Councillor Wells is happy to propose. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Hicks. Okay. We have a proposal and a seconder for a refusal or to the refusal that is put forward. Uh, all those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Those against, please show. One, abstentions one i kind of agree with you there councillor fairhurst okay that mm-hmm. item is uh, closed everybody all right <laughs> nobody needs a comfort break we'll move on
4: yeah. uh, <coughs> okay one to take away
3: the
0: other. application number 9 utt190004 full application at parkview and pleasant view brick kiln lane rickling green and Luke Mills to take us through the application. Luke, when
26: you're ready. Thank you Chairman. The site is located off Brick Kiln Lane, Rickling Green and contains two detached bungalows. The application is for planning permission to demolish the bungalows and erect two houses in their place. This slide shows the proposed street scene, illustrating the relationship with neighbouring houses on the left. This is a photograph of the existing bungalows. This shows the existing bungalows alongside neighbouring houses. And this shows the neighbouring houses from the other direction. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that planning permission be granted.
0: Uh, Thank you, Luke. Uh, We have one speaker, Mr Peter Perkis, the agent. Mr. Perkins, you have three minutes.
28: Thank you very much. Uh, I'm Peter Perkins. I'm a local architect with Donald Perkins Associates. Um, we've been architectural practice in Saffron Walden. Hang on just Excuse a second, me, Chair. sorry to interrupt.
17: I, uh, I just want to know a um, declaration of interest. I know Peter, and uh, he's on work on my behalf. So just so you all.
0: Okay, no, that's fair enough. I'd rather you said. Please start again, Mr. Perkis. We, we enjoyed your opening it's statement fine. so much. Um,
28: yes, we're architectural architects in Saffron Walden since my father started the practice in 1955, and we have a wealth of experience um, with all sorts of buildings, but uh, yeah. largely with listed buildings, and, uh, uh, but also new houses in sensitive areas adjacent to listed buildings, etc. Uh, having said that, there's a long history um, which uh, uh, maybe it will be worth knowing of this, this application. Um, we were first involved with the properties next door which were uh, farm buildings, uh, San Simeon and Rosella and they recently were granted planning permission to be replaced uh, with the houses you can see on the plan there and they are traditional vernacular uh, taking in historic uh, listed building proportions and what have you. Um, So we then were invited to look at this site with these uh, uh, rather uh, undistinguished uh, bungalows, may I say. Uh, Having said that, um, I think my father may have designed one of them (laughs) in the 50s or 60s. Um, However, the proposal was to demolish these, and they're quite a large site but taper at at the back, as you can see. And our first proposal was to propose two pairs of semi-detached three-bedroom houses um, to replace those two bungalows. Um, And uh, that that found some support with the Parish Council, who are keen on providing smaller houses rather than larger houses. Uh, However, it was refused by Uttlesford. Uh, we we then went to uh, an application with a pair of semi-detached houses and one detached house. This again was refused uh, by Attlesford officers um, on the grounds of cramped uh, site. Uh, We then went to appeal uh, and sadly the inspector uh, dismissed both both schemes at appeal Uh, but the important thing is on what grounds he dismissed it. And he he dismissed it not on question of scale, design, proportion, materials, inappropriateness of that nature. Um, He dismissed it, and I quote, uh, uh, because it it was of limited and cramped plot sizes compared to the surrounding cluster. So this area is uh, made up uh, on the approach to Rickling Green of uh, larger houses in big plots basically it. Um, he did not, however, consider the height and the scale was inappropriate nor the design. Um, in fact, um, uh, he, and I quote in his, his, his appeal report, both appeal schemes, that's the two he was considering, uh, would, would have a similar design and appearance to the properties at San Simeon and Rosella. Given the variety of architectural character, this would not look out of place within the cluster. The height of the properties at one and a half storeys would be consistent with the properties within the cluster. He went on to say, quote, the use of sympathetic materials for the houses and garages and the reinforcement of planting in both schemes would present a rural appearance rather than a suburban one. Boundary vegetation and the greater setback from the road than the existing bungalows would help to soften the prominence of the development in either scheme. It is clear from his statement that he had no problem with the character of the design. His concern was the intensification of development on the site, which would result in cramped development of the area. We took his comments into consideration, and the current proposal reflects his Uh, comments in that respect. The proposals are for two four-bedroom family houses with single garages. They utilise the existing accesses and are set further back from the road than the existing bungalows. They have generous gardens compatible with neighbouring properties. They are designed within the tradition of Essex historic building, vernacular with steep pitched roofs, small small spans, roof spans of between four and a half and five metres eaves at both single-storey level and one-and-a-half-storey level, and have a total roof height that's actually slightly less than the recently built replacement houses adjacent. Can I, get uh, I can hear a bit up? of... Yeah, yeah, I'll, skip, the, uh, I'll skip a couple of paragraphs, if I may, very just go to thing. the end. Um, so the proposal to process bungalows with, with attractive uh, is, uh, vernacular houses that are based on a familiar character of this part of the region would enhance the site on the edge of the village. Um, and for those reasons, I concur with your officer's view that the proposal accords with the local and national planning policy. There are no valid reasons in our view for refusal. I would urge
0: the committee to approve this scheme. Thank you, Mr Perkins. Thank you. Okay, we have no other speakers, so over to you, committee. I'll start with Mr. Gerard.
13: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, obviously, this isn't in my ward. Um, this plot, essentially, is the first thing you see when you actually come into Rickling Green from Clavering. It is the very first thing you see. Um, and the Plans that are put forward actually are for three and four bedroom houses, taking away the bungalows at the moment. Now, we are in the process of doing a Newport Quendon Rickling neighborhood plan. We're at Regulation 14. We've done all our consultations. Uh, 96% of respondees want smaller properties, not bigger ones. We have plenty of those. This actually is its described as 1.5, 1.5 stories, but actually it is a two-storey building. If you look at the elevation, you'll see it actually is a two-storey. That's not one and a half, that is two. So that's the first point. It is also on rising ground um, and um, the farm buildings opposite are on lower ground. In short, what I would suggest is that we actually defer this for a site inspection so that members can actually see it because this is all about how it affects the character of Rickling Green and Rickling Village. So I think it would be sensible for this to be deferred for a site inspection so everyone can get an idea of the feeling and digest the actual levels and the contours and the character of the area. That's what I think it should happen. Uh, Apart from the fact that it is actually contrary to the Rickling Village uh, neighbourhood plan and the uh, planning guidelines of the Rickling Village village, uh, plan. Thank you.
1: Okay. Anybody else? Councillor Lemon? Yeah, I think I would support that. I, you know, I, always, I never like the removal of smaller houses, particularly bungalows. It's been going on for years and years. But in some cases it's okay, in some cases it isn't. So I think I would probably support a site visit to just to get a feel of um, the area. Um, okay.
0: Uh, I will... Uh, Luke, could you put the picture up of the uh, actual... with the other houses in the background? Uh, Yeah, so presumably the first two houses you see in the village are the two bungalows, yeah? Yeah, we're coming coming from the top of the picture sort of thing down and we then see the two new properties next to it. Okay, so I suppose this is a question of whether you would consider four houses of the character of the ones on the left better than two of the ones on the right, uh, which may be a, a moot point anyway. All I will do here is I will actually uh, just draw your attention to the conclusion. Uh, the proposal accords with the development plan and the MPPF, and no material considerations indicate that planning permission should be refused. It is therefore recommended that permission is granted. Um, I'm happy enough to go along with the proposal for a site visit if that proposal finds a seconder from Councillor Lemon. Uh, but in principle this is two replacement, you know, it's replacement of two dwellings and as such would be fully supported by the MPPF and I think if we were to refuse it, we will lose it at appeal. Uh, So long as you're happy with those points, I'm happy to uh, take a vote on a site visit for this one, if everybody... Right, let's do it properly. All those in favour of a site visit, please show. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, all those against, please show. One, two, three. Those abstaining? two. Okay. In that case, we're doing a site visit. Okay. Uh, And we'll see where this goes and it will be for the new committee in June. that This will probably come back before. Um, Thank you very much, Mr. Perkis. Moving on, UTT 183395, full application at Greenhill Cottage, Bardfield End Green in Thaxted, And Mr. Brown to take us through it. Mr. Brown, when you're ready. Why do you put your hand up for
12: us?
4: Thank you, Chairman. Um, just a, um, a couple of corrections at the very top part of the report. The reasons why we're here. Um, it's not... Uh, an applicant is not relative to a ward member. It's relative to a member of staff. Uh, so so, so you can stop overthinking that one. And so, so... So it's related to a member of staff, and otherwise it would have been a delegated decision. That's the only reason why it's here. And also the location, there's a bit of a, an error. It's Greenhill Cottage, Barfield End Green, Thaxted Road. Th- it's within the parish of Thaxted. That implies it's in the village of Devden, which might have confused matters even more in terms of the previous comment. Um, the application site lies in an area called Barfield Green, which is between Thaxted and Little Barfield. Um, it's a cluster of houses, it's a consolidated cluster of houses served by what is quite a narrow road going through there. It's just a collection of houses, it's a very pleasant area but there's no set architectural um, message going through the whole scheme, it's just it's all very very pleasant and but there's no set scheme. The proposal is to, to and as you see there's residential dwellings here, this is classic infield development there's a development, there's a gap between two developments and the proposal is for a bungalow. So it's a bungalow. It's one story. There's no, there's no complications about it. And I think, you know, as a result of that, it is considered acceptable in this location and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman.
0: Thank you, Mr. Brown. Uh, Councillor Gerard? I'd like to propose we okay. approve. Uh, I'm happy to second that from the Chair. All those in favour, please show. Unanimous. That item is carried. Thank you. Uh, Moving on, uh, full application 190043 at Loompits, Mr. Tyler. Can we have a comfort break?
4: We've lost
0: the officer. Uh, We've lost the officer, so we're going to have a very quick, a quick three-minute comfort break, everybody. That's three minutes, not coffee break. I think
4: think you might going quicker than you thought.
0: Right, if you could take your seats, gentlemen. Sure. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're continuing now. Councillor Affairs has refreshed himself. <laughs> UTT 19 0043, full application at Loom Pits, Saffron Walden.
29: Mr Tyler, when you're ready. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, the application site is located in the residential area of uh, Loompits Way in Saffron Walden, uh, and includes the existing garden area of 25 Loompits Way. The surrounding area mainly consists of detached two-storey and bungalow dwellings set along the highway. Uh, the application is for the erection of a detached two-storey dwelling and new access. The application revises a previous scheme approved in 2016 uh, and includes a reduction to the footprint and scale of the dwelling. Uh, this current plan demonstrates the uh, new dwelling to the top of the site outlined in red. Uh, the existing uh, dwelling of 25 Liu way is to the bottom of the plan. Uh, This demonstrates the proposed uh, front, rear and side elevations of the property. Uh, The proposed floor plans demonstrate a four bedroom property is proposed. Uh, No objections or comments have been received by the Town Council or neighbouring properties. No objections are made in regards to highway safety or ecology. The uh, proposed design, scale and siting is considered to be in character with the surrounding area, street scene and will not be overly dominant. The development will not result in any loss of amenity to neighbouring properties. Taking into consideration the details set out in the committee report and that the principle of the development has been established through the previous planning approval It is considered the proposal is in accordance with local and national planning policies and is recommended for approval with conditions.
0: (coughs) Thank you, Mr Tyler. We have no speakers, so over to you, Mr Fairhurst.
29: Thank you, Mr Chairman.
0: Um, I would move to approve. Happy to second that from the Chair. All those in favour, please show. That item is approved. Item 12. Moving on, UTT 19 0154, Easter Cottage, Chickney Road, Henham. Mr. Brown to take us through it and the following application, which is the listed building application on the same item.
4: Mr. Brown. Thank you, Chairman. This is in front of members because it's a relative of a district councillor. Uh, The application is a Grade 2 listed building within uh, Henham Easter Cottage. Um, There's a mistake in the plan. Uh, We have an existing plan and an existing plan. The existing plan at the top, and obviously it's the proposed plan to the the bottom. Um, This confused me for hours, this one did. So you've got a current situation on the listed building. You have a side lean-to property there. And what the proposal is to add is to change that and that to that, to put this single store extension on the the rear of the listed building. Um, So it's taken away some and adding some. um, So the application is recommended for approval, Chairman. This is for the planning application. So for the planning application stages, its impact on the listed building will come mainly on the listed building. There's no impact on neighbours in terms of overlooking or overdevelopment of the site, and the application is recommended for approval, Chairman.
0: Um, We have no speakers. Councillor Gerrard. I'd like to move to propose to ex- approve this. I'm happy to second from the chair. All those in favour, please show. That is unanimous. Mr.
4: Brown. Ditto the list of building applications. Sorry, I have to go back one. Oh God. Yeah. Ditto the list of building applications. Uh, okay. To happy to
0: approval. propose. Happy to second from the chair. All those in favour, please show. That item is approved. Thank you very much. Moving on. Item 14, UTT 19 Waitrose Limited, Hill Street, Saffron Morden. Maria Shoesmith to take us through it. I love this one.
18: <laughs>
5: Thank you, Chairman. The application is for advertisement consent for the erection of a banner um, above the lifts and... Uh, which is opposite the entrance of Waitrose in Saffron Warden. The banner is proposed to be uh, four and a half metres by um, just over half a metre in height. Um, in terms of uh, what the scheme is assessed against, um, adverts are assessed uh, purely in terms of impact and amenity and highway impact. Uh, no objections are raised in terms of highway impact. In terms of amenity, again, because of its location um, and the nature of the sign, no objection is raised with regards to that. Therefore, um, recommended recommendation of approval subject to the conditions outlined on page 140 141 within the report thank you chairman
0: mr brown do you want to clarify anything about this no not really
4: okay yes and that's just that it's mocked up it's not that it's not actually currently there is it right
0: okay. Uh, Councillor Fairhurst.
3: Yes, I think I must concur with the Parish Council's comments that it's unessential and not good practice. It doesn't look that great in that area. I I wouldn't
13: support it.
0: (coughs) Any other members comments? comment? Uh, Councillor Jarrod?
13: Yeah. um, it's apparently Waitrose own the land and haven't given their approval, so I don't quite understand why, If if, if if they haven't given consent, is this subject to their consent then? Would this be subject to their
4: consent? Uh, now, this is where I come in. In all my year, this is probably the most pointless application I've ever known. Uh, the landowner and us has some sort of custodian over the car park as well. Neither of us are particularly in support of it as landowners, but that's not for us. So therefore, it's literally looking at the application under the normal boring terms of an av- advertisement application. Highway Safety Office is not going to be an issue here, it's all about amenity and, and members of the view whether or not it affects amenity or not and uh, so you don't need to worry about whether or not approving it or refusing it will result in it actually happening, um, you just have to determine it on amenity grounds.
0: Uh, the bottom line is anybody can make an application for anything even if they don't own the property or have an interest in it and unfortunately this is before you in one might call a premature manner. Um, but I'm happy to take Councillor Fairhurst's point. Uh, does this find, uh, I mean, it's recommended for approval, so does anybody propose the pr- approval? Uh, you're okay. On what grounds? On what grounds are you going to reject?
3: Saffron Walden takes the signage very seriously. At you know, Town Council, we deliberate these issues very seriously.
0: It seems rather overbearing and unnecessarily large. And, and, so that would be Gen 2, then? Yep. Okay. Uh, seconded by Councillor Gerrard. I have. Uh, a proposer and a seconder for a refusal.
4: So we're trying to concoct a refusal reason.
0: <laughs> How about stupidity?
18: I don't think stupidity is a valid planning reason, no, Mr. Chairman. No, I think
4: it's it's. That's not overcomplicating this. Under the advert regs, you can determine it in terms of access or amenity. You're, if members move to refuse this, you're doing it on grounds of amenity, and that's the reason to refuse it. The advert regs is a completely piece, different piece of legislation with different issues. There is an appeal, but the appeal process is slightly different. But if you're going to refuse it on amenity grounds, I would just do it on those grounds if that's your view.
0: All those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, five. That's unanimous. That item is refused. Thank you very much. Uh, Item 15, UTT 190347 and NMA Building 60 at Chesterford Park. Uh, This has been before
26: you before. Luke Mills, to take us through the application. Thank you, Chairman. The site includes a research and development facility at the western edge of Chesterford Research Park. Planning permission was granted in February 2018 for the remodelling of the existing building, including various extensions and alterations. The application is for a non-material amendment to cover various minor alterations to the scheme. Regarding the landscaping, the main changes are to the car park surface, the layout of car and cycle spaces, although not the number, and the removal of a chiller enclosure. This slide shows the approved front and rear elevations. The proposed changes include a slight alteration to the roof pitch, minor changes to the fenestration and the use of metal cladding on the rear elevation. For the reasons set out in my report, it is recommended that approval be granted.
0: Thank you very much, Luke. We have no speakers on this item, so over to committee. Councillor Fairhurst? It shouldn't make a difference that the applicant is ourselves, but I think there's no reason to reject this. I support approval. Happy to propose? Happy to propose. Uh, Seconded by Councillor Farthing. All those in favour, please show. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That is unanimous. Thank you very much, Luke. And we can move on to the last three items of the agenda, which Mr Brown is going to take us through. So
4: we're going to start with the Chief Officer's report. Yeah, this one is... This is not... We're not bringing this... No, sorry. There's no presentation on this one. Um, This application, members will recall, came to committee in September, and members resolved to approve it. There's been a lot of water under the bridge since then, but members approved it, subject to a 106. And that was part of the discussion. The application was recommended, subject, for, subject to a 106, which secured a number of things. affordable. Well, it does say in the report what it actually secured um, in terms of, of contributions to affordable housing, securing management for the public open space, and that was what the report was. In fact, the report was basically recommended approval, subject to 106 members during that meeting had a discussion specifically around the open space and the management of it but mainly around the provision of the new car parking spaces and there was I sat in this place and the discussion around was whether or not it should be done by section 106 or uh, by condition and I suggested a 106 and that 106 is progressing progressing well but the one issue was that wasn't reflected in the minutes and so I'm not asking you to to, so the request is actually to make the minutes reflect what the actual discussion was because otherwise we actually haven't got a resolution to continue with the 106 and I think, I don't think the members would want this application to be approved with one of the, without the 106 so to, it's to avoid legal challenges and all sorts of issues in terms of anyone feels that we're not being still compliant. So members resolved to approve it subject to section 106 and that isn't reflected in the minutes so the recommendation is to reword the minutes to reflect what was said all very boring, but um, I think it's all necessary. This is a a
0: tidying up exercise, Um, but I'm I'm happy to propose this. Does it find a seconder? Oh, sorry.
13: Just I think it's a great idea that we're doing this. Can I just respectfully ask the question, what's the difference between this and the airport decision with the 106? I don't I, well, I just have uh, like to that, ask the that, question that as to what, cor- why, no, why I, I, this is not before us on the airport decision too. If well, it may be that the
0: airport decision does come before you, but that's not for us today. No, I, but I, I understand just, the point, but I'm not doing politics here today. We're doing planning. Neither am I. No. I, well, just asking the question. That's all. Yeah. Uh, okay. All those in favour of this being put forward in the minutes in a correct manner, please show one two three four five six seven eight nine ten that item
4: is approved mr Brown right this is an application it's a tree application um, for um, it's only with us because it involves a uh, district councillor the application is for a notification for works to trees in a conservation area um, now the the response we have to do with these are within a specific time and the the issue is the response is not to reject it it's to TPO the trees. So in order to do works, so if you go to page 154, 155, which are two of the worst photographs I've ever seen, to be frank, they don't really help. (laughs) Um, But uh, the first, the first one on 154 is the is the reduction by two meters of the height of that birch tree so it's, the, it's the reducing it to, to bring it back it's, it's just natural works to that actual birch tree to bring it back and reshape it to bring it back um, which is a natural work and the rest of it you've got a mix of a malus prunus yew and conifer trees which is a mix of trees uh, just about a tree i would suggest and the issue the proposal is amongst that to re, to reshape that as well so they are quite minor works to trees within a conservation area the council's response is not to TPO them, because the trees aren't worthy necessarily of TPOing it, but we, have to, we are notified of it and we have no objections for the works to continue. That's our normal response. Councillor Loughlin.
12: Thank you. Shouldn't we say, uh, because there's no way of knowing otherwise, that this actually has come before us because there is, it is related, if you like, to a district councillor? Otherwise, it just looks like any old application and people are going to say, well, why did it come before committee? It should. doesn't need to.
17: Yes, it should. It It should. should.
12: I I just think for
4: protocol, we should put that. Yeah, because we do that on planning applications. Yeah, we we do do that. that. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: agree. Okay, happy to propose from the Chair. Chair, just a short question. Why
3: wouldn't we TPO them? It seems logical to do this. Go on.
0: Uh, If we TPO'd... uh, non, uh, or trees that actually haven't got the merit to warrant a TPO, then we'd be t- TPOing half the trees in Atlasford. Uh, I, 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 I agree, but then that generally covers it. The conservation area covers it and therefore it's before yeah. us. So if we thought yeah, it good. merited it, then we would actually yeah. take the steps to do it. I, I think it's thin end of the wedge if we start yeah.
4: doing it that starts, one. It will start, re- it will start reducing <laughs> the quality of our TPO tree stock.
0: Yeah. Uh, happy to propose from the Chair. Does that find a seconder, Councillor Fairhurst? All those in favour, please show Item is unanimous. Thank you, Mr. Brown. And the
4: final item: chief officers' report. Right. Not demeaning the validation team, but this is this is going to be very, very boring. Um, we have a, a local validation checklist. The report is very complete in terms of what it says. Um, the validation checklist is is what's required to make an application valid. It's nothing about determination. It's just get get them to us us guys here. Um, there is a national validation checklist and there is a responsibility of local authorities to put forward local requirements. And I'll be absolutely honest with you, as an authority we're stricter with, with agents than most. Um, so therefore we actually ask for more things. And so therefore what and we have to review that on a rolling two-year process. So that's what's happened here. The consultation responses, as you see, are from the, mainly we consult the parishes and we consult the statutory consultees, as well as our agents forum as well, to see whether they're. but the most important thing is quite often the, the statutory consultees will ask for more things, even more things, and uh, so this is the responses to what we're actually asking for or we're not asking for. So you'll see this is the, the full responses in terms of this. Some of them have been added, some of them, the Environment Agency, for instance, noted the requirement for a flood risk assessment has been included for full and outline applications. However, they requested it is also added to the details for DFOs, and it's been added to the DFO as a response to that. And there's lots of that on all various different levels. We haven't accepted all of them, uh, because some of them are covered by other primary legislation or are part of the determination of the application, but rather than the validation. So, as I say, it's it's very very important, but it's very boring in terms of what it is. And there is a number of validation checklists. We've got a suite of them of about 12, 15 ones covering all different sorts of applications. And so all that we're requesting you to do is to accept the validation checklist going forward. It has been on the website. So, for example, when
13: when someone makes an application, um, all the consultees... Have, have added their their input on, into this. Is yes. there anything in here that we need to possibly even think that might be contentious?
4: I don't think. That, no, there isn't. To be honest, everything we we picked up everything in the statutory consultees, or have explained why we haven't gone to that ultimate scheme with them and they're satisfied
0: with that. Uh, one of the reasons this is before you today is that it's compulsory that this is done every two years. In other words, it's updated, reviewed and approved by the Planning Committee. So it's before you as a statutory requirement. Okay. Um, do we need to vote on this? Um, I think you do. Okay. Uh, I'm happy to propose from the Chair. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Fairhurst, all those in favour please show. That item is approved. Thank you very much. Councillor Gerard, Is that the final item?
13: It is the final item. Before we depart, I do think we need to thank you for chairing this committee so well since you have become chairman. I've learnt a lot. I've only been at this a couple of years. As substitute, I've been involved a lot and I'd just like to thank you for your guidance, your support and the way you've chaired uh, both professionally as the chairman and personally um, and to wish you well. Thank you very
1: much. Um, Mr Chairman, before you reply, uh, Mr Chairman, too, I, I would also like to thank uh, Nigel Brown and, and the planning officers that have worked so hard over the, over the last year. So th- could you pass those thanks on to your planning officers? Thank you. Res- <clears> thank <throat> you.
17: Well, I'm going to say my bit as well. Actually, I think I have to say that you're probably one of the finest planning uh, chairmen we've ever had. Okay, yes, well, we've only had two, and
18: we love it. <laughs> yeah. uh,
17: we love you dearly, and um, and likewise, I, I reiterate um, uh, what Council just say about the, the team that you've got you're in very, very difficult circumstances yeah. over the last four years, yeah. particularly with the local plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the, the uh, were, with some, the, sort of, the, the sort of stick that you've had in particular Canada and Denmark and other officers over the local plan Stansted Airport wasn't really warranted from certain parts of the, uh, of the establishment but I have to say you did an incredible job and I'm very proud to have worked with you and I will be working with you in probably a four or five weeks time subject to the residents of course um, but all the very best for the future
7: uh,
4: Go. I could, could, could okay. I, I can you. i go first then i leave all i was going to say is um, i know i don't know what's going to happen here. we'll be there the other side um but um but i know councillor i will echo those comments councillor mills and i would also say thank you to councillor hicks as well because i know this is going to be your last committee as well and you've been a, your entertainment going forward is, is always been there i don't know whether the rest of you are where i'm saying goodbye but we'll see what happens the other end but we'll still be here
12: Oh, I'm sorry, I, lady, I have to have the last word. I have to say that working, well, with you all, it's just been wonderful, really, and you're all such nice people. And Alan, well, I mean, what can you say? We call him the Don because he's like the mafia. So I will say, regrets, I've had a few, but then again, two.
14: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to have the last word, actually. <laughs> uh, I'd like-